You're listening to the Laugh Button Podcast on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Laugh Button Podcast right here on the Riotcast Network. You have no idea how as soon as I saw you make that intro, I want to just like beatbox underneath it. All right, you want to do it again? Well, I'm a terrible beatboxer. Bram, count it down. Four and three and two and one and... Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Lap Button. I'm terrible. I'm terrible. Boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats. I also totally pulled the super annoying when everyone tries to do a radio host guy and they do the... Yeah, but you always do that. That's what you always do. You just don't know it. You don't realize how... Because it's natural. It's not fake. Well, I feel like because you have some sort of classical training in radio. Classical training. I don't know if that's a thing. But I feel like once you have that, you don't even realize you're doing it half the time. Yeah, maybe. Where, where that makes like sense. Mark's Bing's Mark announcer guy again. Like Hello, you, everyone, you... and welcome to another episode of the Laugh Button Podcast. It is a very I am your host, Mark cadence. says hi. Mark Seaman, oh, that's unfortunate. Like, yeah, you, sure. have, you, have, you have your things. Nice. I Everyone's like got it. their ticks. I got my ticks, too. It's a tick? Yeah. I didn't know it was a well, tick. Well, I thought that was just professional or, skill. Uh, whatever you want to call it. I mean, like, tick, professional skill, it, it's... They're, they're one in the same? It's six one way, half a dozen. So when, when people say um a lot, that's a professional skill? Yeah, like, um, do you remember that time you were in the Beatles? That was really cool. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> you yeah, just did it right just there. It. I just did You're it. You're a pro. I'm a total pro. All right, he's Matt Kleinschmidt. I'm Mark Seaman. We are The Laugh Button. And you can go to thelaughbutton.com for all the latest in comedy news. And speaking of latest in comedy and news. boots and cats and boots and cats and boots. There's a lot of boots, a lot of cats. Um, I'm assume. And I'm I don't ass- know. I can only I, assume we've all asked Siri the question. I was going to say, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm hoping everyone has asked Siri uh, to beatbox for them because that's where the boots and cats comes from. Yes. So. And uh, I tried to surprise my wife with that. I went home and I said, hey, I got an idea. Uh, you want to just randomly ask Siri if uh, she wants to beatbox? My wife was like, that was like six hours ago, dude. <laughs> and so I was you were like, trying to pull it off like, yeah, I know shit. Yeah, yeah, we were trying to. Yes, exactly, Bram. <laughs> If you couldn't hear Bram, uh, we, listen. It's not that you couldn't hear Bram. People definitely can't hear Bram. So stop talking Bram. to Bram off of my well, he, phone. Well, he does color loudly at work, and it's, yeah, that's he what does he's... color loudly, but he is not on microphone, so no one can hear a word coming out of his mouth right now. So Matt, Metal Insider Bram, Bonnaroo yeah, made dude. announcement. A couple festivals made big announcements. Yes, Bonnaroo being one of them. Bonnaroo being one of them, yeah. and it uh, looks like Judd Apatow and Friends are yes, going to be there, which could be almost anything. <laughs> right, it's that's a <laughs> that's a wide net you're casting. It's like there. it's like plus special guests. Yes, plus <laughs> other people. Yeah, plus and more. Well, additional people that aren't included as friends of Judd Apatow exactly include Bridget Judd Everett. Apatow and Judd Apatow and Friends gives me the impression that it's going to be Judd Apatow and whoever's standing around backstage before he goes. <laughs> stage <laughs> right uh adam divine yes. is going to be there from workaholics uh, bridget everett and uh our favorite the goddamn comedy yeah. jam josh adam myers is, is is going down to uh to, to the bonnaroo to the rue to the rue if you yes. will the jam the jam the josh and adam myers that's just that's my nickname for him it's our pet name jam jam you don't, you don't think he's he doesn't know he's been doing that his whole life his oh i'm josh sure adam he has myers. but he doesn't know that's what i call him 
Well, Josh Adam Myers <laughs> happens to be our guest as yeah, well totally. here on the podcast today, so we're very excited for that. We're going to get a, uh, a detailed history about how the show came about, yeah. who's been involved, who will be involved, what's going on with the it's, show. It's full of mystery and intrigue. It is. Both and mystery. Bill Burr. There's a Bill Burr element to it. There's, there a, there's a rock and roll element to it. All right. So, Matt, I yeah. beg to ask this question. Okay. Then. If you were to partake in the goddamn comedy jam, and for those who don't know, uh, yeah. the simple pitch is uh, there's a live band on stage, a, comedi- a comedian comes out, performs, and then performs with the live band on stage to any song they want to after telling a very heartwarming story about what that song means to them. Yes. So, with that said, Matt, what would be your song of choice if you were, mm. uh, if you had the uh, opportunity? Well, first of all, to I need the to goddamn get, I, I would need like seven or eight minutes of good comedy. I, so I need to work on my seven or eight minutes. You need a tight five. I need a, I need at least a tight five. Um, well, I don't no. know. I've been listening. I mean, because he died, I've been listening a lot of Bowie. Okay. So maybe a Bowie song. Which one? I love Modern Love. I love like the mm-hmm. Bowie Let's Dance era. I mean, the Bowie. All, all a lot of Bowie eras are great. Like on the drive into work this morning, I was like blasting "I'm Afraid of Americans" because I forgot how much I liked that song. It's a great song. When I first saw Bowie, it Lost was Lost Highway soundtrack. Uh, I think I don't know if it was I, David was Lynch's on, Lost. No, no, no. Highway? I know that I know what movie you're talking about. I don't know if it was on that soundtrack or not, or if it was made just for that soundtrack. Mm. I know that there was. I think it was for the Earthling record. Okay, because that's a tour he went out on the road with uh, Trent Reznor for, uh, which was funny enough. The first time I saw Bowie was when he did the the Nails Bowie tour, which I gotta admit. I was a little underwhelmed, and the reason I was underwhelmed is because I wanted Bowie to do like all the jams, and he played a lot of new stuff. But the really cool thing they did—they did, they did uh, Nails came on, and they performed. They did a whole full set. Then then Bowie walked out. They did like probably like twenty twenty five minutes of songs together. Nice. And then it was an all Bowie show. But like they collaborated on Hurt, which was really cool. And I think this was pre Johnny Cash doing the Hurt cover too. Right. So this was like when Hurt was still a Nine Inch Nails song and not a Johnny Cash song. So all right, I stand corrected cool. here. Uh, the perfect drug was the big single off the Lost Highway Central from and that, and from Nine Inch Nails. Yes, that's. Oh, there Bram. was Metal Insider Bram. There was a Bowie song on the Lost in, on the Lost Highway soundtrack. Oh yeah, I'm deranged. The there reprise. So um, yeah. So like that's like that's the era where I first saw Bowie live. Like that '90s kind of like he was. I mean, he did some cool things in that era. I want to say it was his 50th birthday. He did it at the Garden, okay. where he did "I'm Afraid of Americans" with Sonic Youth. That's really cool. If you look at that up. Uh, Billy Corgan, I think, was on that show. I want to say the Foo Fighters and Dave Grohl did that show. So like that's like me teenage years peaking alternative music doing collaborations with Bowie so the short answer is David Bowie you would do yeah David I guess Bowie. I would do a Bowie song or maybe uh, I don't know Glenn Fry also just recently died from the Eagles so maybe an Eagles song mm-hmm. There's some. they got some jams dude the long run that's yeah. an Eagles jam a lot of people dying oh dude everyone's dying if you're if you're a musician and you are uh, in your 60s look out yeah look out because they're all going wow. um I mean, there's a ton of them. I mean, like, I mean, Animal we, from the Muppets just passed away. <laughs> I saw that floating around the internet. Animal R.I.P. at age 66. I saw one of Yoda. Yeah. R.I.P. like age 800. All right. Uh, but yeah, right. I mean, like, you don't even need to make them up. There's so many guys that are like dying right now. For, well, uh, didn't Yoda technically die back in like 81? He died in uh, 1981. Of, he, he died in Return of the Jedi, basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's 81 or 82. I can't, I can't get over 83, maybe. 79, 81, and 83, 83 right? I believe, are the three years that Star Wars movies came out. <laughs> It'd be tough to pick a song. Yeah, man. what do you got? What's what's your, like, goddamn comedy jam jam? Might have to go with Rainbow Connection from The Muppets. That's a good song. 
Might have to do that. Dream I, a little dream is a good the, one. The only thing about doing a song like that is like like Rainbow Connection is a great song, but it's not like super high energy. And I think no. you got to kind of bring no, the you energy. Need a, you need to jam. Like speaking of the goddamn a Rage Against the Machine song would be real fun to do. I would just make a fool out of myself. Speaking of Rage Against the Machine, remember they toured with Wu Tang around the same time as his Nails Belly yes. tour. I saw that shit tour before it imploded. Yeah, it got canceled when it came to my home. It lasted. It, a, I think they did a week's worth of shows. Yeah, it got canceled. It, it fell apart. It, it fell a, apart. We were all pissed. We all it, had tickets. It we was were ready a cl- to go. It was a clusterfuck. I will tell you that from experience. And it was a clusterfuck because Wu Tang Clan came up. Rage was great. Wait, Rage, great live show. I've seen them a few times. They're awesome. Wu Tang Clan, too many guys on stage, and they all have microphones, and they are all talking at the same time, and it's just a jumbled mess. It's one of the reasons that, like, Yikes. it's one of the reasons that, like, when I see live hip hop, it kind of turns me off because there's so much. Everyone, there's everyone's talking. Like, you don't need a hype man for certain things. But I will say, I've seen live hip hop done really well. You know, like, I would go with Jump from Crisscross. Jump from crisscross for a goddamn comedy jam song, like because that would be hilarious. Now, Everyone knows it. It's though. funny. I'm imagining fun. you singing it, mm-hmm. and the goddamn comedy jam band performing as backup, and then Josh Adam Myers running around, getting people hype. Yeah, he'd wearing be getting, his clothes backwards. Sure. I could see that waving the towel. I could see yeah, clothes backwards. Yeah, definitely needs to be a towel, like sure. like fat guy on stage towel, which would be me. Fat guy on the road on stage towel. Always got a towel on stage. <laughs> All right, to switch things up a little bit before we do get to our interview with Josh Adam Myers of the Goddamn Comedy Jam, I feel like so far this week, Matt, it's been trailer week. There's been uh, nothing yeah, but trailer, been after trailer after trailer after trailer. There's been a lot. Uh, there's P- Pee-wee's uh, Big Holiday trailer came out. We finally have a date. March. Yeah, it's in March uh, Which is interesting because that's not really your quote-unquote holiday season, but it's called Pee-wee's Big Holiday. Well, but but a holiday could be referring to the British, British you know, use vacation. of the term. Yeah, like could be vacation, which I think is kind of the case here. Yeah, but at the same time, it's Spring like break is in spring is break, in April, March, right? Yeah, but why do they just call it Pee-wee's Big Vacation? I don't know. I don't know. Ask Paul Rust. Paul he, Rust. I'll yeah, he wrote it. Him. Yeah, so I'll have to ask him. Judd Apatow obviously involved with that too. And, well, and here's one thing I did learn about watching that trailer. Mm-hmm. Paul Rubens doesn't fucking age. Yeah, right. Holy shit, that guy looks like the same he did from he looks when the exactly show was originally the on. Same. That dude does not age. Trailer's <laughs> great, man. Yeah, and trailer's it's, great. It's, <laughs> it's so peewee. And I uh, can't wait for that. They're going to premiere, uh, before it streams on Netflix, they are going to premiere down at South by Southwest, oh, which great. is going to be kind of cool. Um, other trailers, Neighbors 2. This is a huge... Neighbors 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> it's a huge sequel. Um, no, it's called, what is it? Called Rise of the Rise Sorority. Rise of the Sorority, and Chloe Mintz Grace is like the head mm-hmm. sorority person. She's awesome, by the way. She's great. Great actress. Uh, Let Me In, I think, was the name of that vampire movie she that was in. That right. uh, was yeah. kind of like her breakout role, Kick Ass. Well, yeah, Kick Ass was Hit and, Girl uh, was her breakout role. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, very cool uh, actress. So she's joining uh, sort of Rose Byrne and and Seth Rogen, and and they're gonna bring Zac Efron back. Yeah, it looks like Zac's now teaming up with Rose and Seth. Uh-huh. And yeah, yeah, it's interesting. But that and movie was huge. That first one was so big; it was dude, a surprise summer comedy. That movie was funny as shit. Like, Let's look up how much under, that made. How much know, do you think I, it well, made? Well, well, usually to get a sequel, you got to do a hundred thousand. Domestic international, hundred million. I'm sorry, not hundred. Yeah, hundred thousand. That's like that's like one weekend. At one that's like one theater. Yeah. One my my band's first video did hundred thousand. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. My one man show is gonna get a sequel. Um, I I would say hundred million. I think probably it's opening weekend. It did thirty, thirty. If you say one hundred million, Bram, yell it out. What do you think? Na- neighbors, how much do you think it made box office? We're, we're continuing to have um, conversations off let's, microphone. Let's do it. Hold on. Let's say uh, total, to have... not just U.S., not just domestic. I'm thinking worldwide. Uh, worldwide, one twenty. 
Brim, what do you think? 145. 145? I'm going to go higher than that. I'm going to well, go... you just looked it up. You can't... I'm going to go 187. No, I haven't looked it up yet. I'm going to go 187. You, uh, you, I, I think you're... Sh- yeah. No, no, it's right here. Uh, all right. All right, we'll got... All right, domestic gross, 150. Oh, shit. So, and then uh, f- foreign brought another 120. Wow. 270. Wow. That was an R-rated movie, too, if I'm not mistaken. Million dollars. That's pr- that's high for an R-rated comedy. Yeah, there's a se- usually 100 million get you a sequel. How much do you think it costs to make? Uh, Seth Rogen and Zac Efron's salaries are probably the biggest part of production. Uh, I'm thinking under 50 million to make. Yeah, well, it's definitely under 50 million, but like, uh, give me a... 35. Okay, Bram? 42. 42. 42 uh, it's neat. Both of you are way off. 18 million. Wow. I thought Zach. I thought. I thought for sure <laughs> Seth Rogen would would garner at least a 15k paycheck. 15 well, mil. 15 you know k. what? <laughs> probably what he did is say, "Hey, I'll pay myself or some points. I'll pay myself yeah. five million, and then I'll take two percent or, or whatever yeah, the movie. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, but Zach. Because Zach and this is Rose. This is also Rose Byrne right off Bridesmaids. Sure, you know, and Zach and Zach uh, Efron right off him like his peak, and Seth Rogen was like, you know, he's been uh, Seth Rogen's got probably get ten million per movie. That movie made. Two hundred and fifty million dollars. Well, there's a sequel, so it clearly in the made green. enough money. It's in clearly, the green, it clearly made money. That movie's a funny movie. It was also it was in that funny. movie. Hannibal Burris, Gerard yep. Carmichael. He's are in back. That. Yeah, I saw Hannibal I in the trailer. I yeah, I don't know if Gerard's back. back, but um. Yeah, it's good to see the gang back together. I'd still have a problem with comedy sequels. I can I still can't think of a comedy sequel that's better than the ori- the regular, the original. What about that's or on just par as, with? We had this debate before. Yeah, and, we did. And you were like, "Well, Wayne's World too, man." Yeah, and you throw them out, and I'd be like, "Yeah, whatever." All right. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Bram agrees with me. The Wayne's World too, not worth not not your best. Don't forget to uh, cross your T's and dot your I will lowercase say, J's. I will say the Twenty One Jump Street sequel wasn't bad. It was very self-aware and because it was very self-aware it made a lot of jokes about like sequels and I think that's what was funny about it and you know so much to the point where it literally ran the montage at the Mm -hmm. end of like 23 Jump Street 24 Jump Street 25 Jump Street in space you know that type of stuff right all right so the the last uh, movie trailer that we had so far this week Mm -hmm. is a barbershop the next cut this would be the third installment uh, starring Ice Cube, uh, uh, see. Cedric the Entertainer. Yeah, Cedric it? the Entertainer. Is Eve in this one? She was Eve in the first is in one. this one. Yeah. So is Nicki Minaj. Uh, Dean Cole is in this one. Dean Cole's having a nice little run right he now. He is having and a great Andrew run. Tribeca, he's doing great in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good for him. So uh, that trailer's out as well. Now other trailers. We got the trailer for Hannibal Burris's new special coming to Netflix. Yeah. By the way, we can just assume everything's on Netflix now. Is that what we're doing? <sighs> Dude, we must because like Netflix is killing it right now with specials. Like they just announced four new ones. Yeah, we got Hannibal Burris, yep. Theo Vaughn, yep. who you might know from uh, the ro- Road uh, Rules, Rules, right? Real World Road Rules. Yeah, that whole thing. Jimmy Carr, mm-hmm. one of my favorite British comedians. Which, and, uh, is this his first American? It's his first. Um, it's he'll be the first British. A comedian to have a Netflix okay special okay because like I mean Jimmy Carr's been around forever but yeah, I don't yeah know. he's had I, I mean, mean I don't know piles if he's, of specials but I don't think he's ever done anything for like you know a Comedy Central or an HBO or a Showtime or something like that and uh, finally Patton Oswalt will cool, have man. a. Uh, Talking for Clapping, I think is the name of that one. <laughs> but uh, you can go to laughbutton.com, check out all those dates so you can mark your calendars accordingly so you can stream them. Uh, it was uh, good to see Tracy uh, Morgan. Oh, I'm sorry, go uh, ahead, man. A quick, a quick touch on the Netflix specials yeah. is Hannibal Burris. Uh, the TCA just recently happened. And Patton, yep. John Mulaney, and Hannibal Burris were there on behalf of Netflix talking about comedy. And there was a, there was a moment where 
Hannibal like got the question of like, dude, why are you, you know like uh, basically Hannibal was known became known by a lot of people post Bill Cosby joke, right? And basically, right. like a writer asked him like, hey, you know, like are you still are you, you are you still happy? Are you still making Bill Cosby jokes after on the road? And Pat Oswalt came to Hannibal's defense, being like, dude, you do realize Hannibal Burris was like an incredible comedian long before this Bill Cosby thing was. So right. it was interesting to see that like you know they kind of like circled the wagons around Hannibal when like you know a writer who might not have necessarily known as much of or known the career of Hannibal Burris pre-Cosby. It was just like, dude, like, yeah, right. kind of know your things. And you got Pat Oswalt and Malini sitting there saying, like, yeah, yeah. the Daddy's Home uh, press junket I went to, nobody brought it up. You well, know? because the people that know Hannibal Burris know he's been a comedian forever. And yeah, he's been yeah. a good comedian and an established comedian for at least five years. But there might have been a chance at a press, because you get people there don't know comedians yeah. that well. I mean, they, uh, of everybody up there, they just know he's really hilarious, and yeah. they've seen him in other movies. Well, they don't necessarily yeah. know him as a stand-up. Well, if, if they don't know him that well, they also might not know he was the guy that brought up the Cosby stuff, too. Right. You know, because the Cosby right. stuff, I think, is very inside baseball. Well, not inside baseball, but like, Haddle being responsible for the Cosby stuff, that was the story for the first, like, three accusations, but since now we're at, like, 57 accusations, mm-hmm. Haddle's clearly fallen out of that spotlight. So check out his new special it's right around the corner yeah, dude. and uh what else do we have coming Tracy morgan's return dude yeah you know what hold on we'll, oh, we'll yeah. wrap okay, this up back on netflix okay. yeah back on netflix i'll just name these real quick uh the first trailer for love came out that's the judd apatow project that's mm-hmm. coming to netflix and uh, uh speaking of paul rust that one stars paul rust yes. and uh, gillian jacobs from community community fame and i feel like there was one more trailer well uh, I guess there wasn't, but uh, <laughs> there might have been. Maybe we just missed it. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, back to uh, what I did mention there a little bit earlier. It, good to see Tracy Morgan back being Tracy Morgan. He was absolutely hilarious. Good on, to see him back being Tracy Morgan. Yeah, just him on Fallon. Just the guy is so. He's just so on point. Like his demeanor, his delivery. He just sits there and then just starts talking, and you can't help but laugh. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, he was like, he was like, Donald Trump's leading in the polls. I'm going back in the coma. Yeah, like, I'm going back in the coma. Like he making Jimmy laugh. Oh, like, just very so hard. funny very, that guy. Hard. You know what? Here's here's a good question. Is like, do you feel Tracy Morgan tipped? And what I mean by tipped is like when he was on SNL, he was he was grossly underused. Yes. You can say that about like Chris Rock was another one. He like was on SNL, barely made a blip. Sarah mm-hmm. Silverman barely made a blip. Julia Louis Dreyfus barely made a blip. I feel like it wasn't until Tracy started doing Thirty Rock and Tina Fey basically wrote Tracy Morgan as Tracy Morgan, the Tracy Jordan character. Yeah, he wasn't. Morgan. Yeah, he wasn't like, acting you know I mean? anymore like, at that point. Yeah, yeah, he was just kind of being himself, and now he's going to be able to just be himself the rest of his life. So, it's interesting because like Tracy Morgan was a was a great comic, and but like the Tracy Morgan show didn't do anything. Do you ever yeah. see this movie? Uh, totally awesome. No. Yeah, this was a funny movie that came out on VH1. Okay. It just it was just like and like, it didn't come out in theaters or anything. Okay. Uh, it was done in the style of like '80s teen comedies. Okay. Very, very underrated. Uh, you either love it or you hate it. Okay. It's, why it's, are we? And why are we talking about this? Because Tracy Morgan's in it. And okay. He's the best part of of the movie, I'm and sure I think it's worth movie. watching just for Tracy Morgan. Okay. Like if you want to just, man, Tracy's back. Let's watch some obscure Tracy Morgan stuff. Check out this movie. Totally, totally awesome. awesome. It's got uh, Chris Kattan's one of the main dudes in it as well, and uh, it, it's just, it's just. 
I don't know. There's something about it that really made me laugh, and I just appreciated it. And uh, and Tracy Morgan gets to be Tracy. Like someone said, Tracy just show. When up did it come out? Was it like pre SNL? It might be ten years. It might be ten years old now. So let's let's so say it came out in 2006. So it's post SNL. Yeah. Because Thirty Rock premiered when? Around that time. Yeah. Okay. Maybe oh seven. Because like, because Tracy didn't go right to Thirty Rock. No. He did. He did a Tracy Morgan show, mm-hmm. which came and went. Yeah. It's a bummer. Well, it's that's it's okay. It happens all the time. No, it totally happened to happens. Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, the Zach Galifianakis show, and you know Bo Burnham show, which was I thought was Bo Burnham show was good. Um, I also want to see Mulaney get another show. He will. Yeah, he will. Like. Mulaney needs to be uh, a, like you know he'll a, do a feature first and then people will go oh you know what that guy's cool he needs to be like Amy Schumer level like I feel like he just that guy just murders like he's a great joke writer not only that like he's a good looking dude like people would probably want to put him on television so mm-hmm. who knows all right so um, yeah it's good to see Tracy back go to laughbutton.com we have his Fallon hang uh, posted up there so you can watch it again uh, this is really cool news from the UK. Uh, Laurel and Hardy, one of the most famous duos in comedy history. Yes. Um, when I wrote the story, I said they were kind of like uh, they are to comedy what like Ed Sullivan is to late night. You know, I feel like um, they are somebody who needs to be celebrated more, but it's hard to when you have this younger generation and they just don't understand black and white and you know yeah. things that came before and yeah. and ha- oh that guy's not zany. Well, it's like back in the you know fifties that was crazy town. So just. Uh, you know, check it out, do your research, study up. Uh, but they're getting a biopic, and it's going to star uh, Steve Coogan and John C. Riley. I and think it's good, man. I think that's a great casting. And, and the film's called Stan and Ollie. And uh, I've got a lot of details about it and and uh, who's behind it up on the laughbutton.com. So check it out. I'm super psyched for that project. And uh, finally, Matt, this week on TV, Whitney Cummings' new special is going to hit HBO. I'm your girlfriend now. Um, She's somebody I feel that's been more successful behind the scenes than she has in front, right? Well, I mean, Whitney Whitney Cummings has an interesting story in the way that I have understood it and interpreted it. She's always wanted to be an actress. She was actually before I don't know if you know this, but there was that movie of like my best friend's girl, like one of those like one of those movies where is that the Dane Cook one? No, with, no, uh, no. It was the one where it was uh, Bridget Moynihan. And the guy who plays one of the doctors on uh, Grey's Anatomy, and he was like a Scottish mm-hmm. dude, and and actually McDreamy was on it too. The okay, other, the other doctor from Grey's Anatomy. Yes. Basically, it's like, um, uh, oh, ma- man of honor, maid of honor, bridesmaid of honor, but it was a man. Patrick Dempsey was the the man. Anyway, um, she was uh she was one of the bridesmaids in that movie. Okay, and the yeah, idea I'm looking it up behind, right now. And the idea behind that was was basically like you know, oh, we're best friends, we're a guy and a girl, we're plutonic with each other until like you know you get engaged to another dude, and then I realize I love you. I spelled it wrong. I wrote M A I D, and it's M A D E. Maid of Honor. There you go. So that's the one. Wah-wah. So Whitney Cummings was in that movie, for, uh, and um. She, I want to say she was in something else too. I want to say like like a Julia Roberts movie too. Anyway, she um, she was in that and she was very funny. And from what I understand, is like she made the transition. She wanted to be an actress, and they, and they basically said like you're funny, you should try stand up. And she started doing stand up as well. So I feel like Whitney Cummings, her end game was always to be on television, right? Um, and you know she's gotten a lot of shots. You know she's got like I love you mean it. Whitney was on the was on the air, and then obviously she's executive producing Two Broke Girls, so she's making she's doing quite well on that element of stuff too. So like behind the scenes might be a thing for her, but I also think she's a very funny woman, and her stand up specials have been really good. They've been really solid, but um, 
It's interesting. Like, I, I, it's very diverse what she does, and I, I think she does work better behind the scenes. Um, and clearly, the American public thinks the same thing because her behind the scenes work tends to be more popular than you know her on camera work. So, right. Well, I'm looking forward to the special. I think it. Yeah, uh, I think the special's gonna be good, man. I think, think it's, it's gonna, gonna be, be really good. good. As it's well. been a while since she's done one. I mean, she she did that special. I love you. Um, There's this girl Camilla Luddington I don't know if you know this girl She's on Grey's Anatomy And just because you mentioned Grey's Anatomy She is the uh, She's the model for Tomb Raider Which is like that's I, I love Tomb Raider It's like my favorite video game but, so you're, uh, just, you're basically just browzing IMDb. At the yeah, I was I was leaping through and I was like, oh yeah, wait, what else is Grey's Anatomy? Oh yeah, Camilla Luddington's in yeah, Grey's yeah, Anatomy. Yeah, well, I'm like the Tomb Raider. To be fair, Grey's, Grey's Anatomy. Anatomy's been on the air for like ten years. I think it's on like season twenty something. I feel That's like anyway, there's been a lot of people in Grey's Anatomy over the years. It's kind of like saying like, oh, so and so is on Law and Order. It's like yeah, of course they were on Law and Order. Right. They were a dead body or they were someone being interviewed who continued doing work while police were talking to them. Um, so I'm excited for Whitney's special. Her last one was that. I love you special where she's like ripping her heart out. Mm-hmm. It was the it was the uh, the key art, and that was 2012, 2013. Well, she's due. She's, yeah, due. she's due. So check that out this weekend on HBO. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple quick announcements uh, before we head to our interview with Josh Adam Myers of the Goddamn Comedy Jam. Uh, Dimitri Martin announced a college tour called What's Your Major, and he's got dates from February to April right now. And uh, there's an asterisk by it um, because he sends you to his Twitter and he puts contact information on there for you to get in touch with his people if you want to come to your college, which I think is pretty That's fun. And he's going to like let the students build out the rest of the tour. Um, I, I can't imagine, you know, I mean, people are going to want him at, at their school. No yeah. doubt about it. I, he's huge with the college community. So that's pretty cool. So make sure you go see him uh, when uh, he comes to your town. And then finally, come into your town. <laughs> We're doing a ton of ticket giveaways. Yeah, we got to right bring up the ticket giveaway. So yeah. you have, uh, I mean, Dude, you have a very short amount of time to get some tickets to SF Sketch Fest. There's SF still Sketch time Fest. today. Yes. Um, invite them up. Invite the name them of the up. show. See it this weekend. So go to go there. We're giving away Lewis Black tickets for the Lewis Black tour. It's mm-hmm. called The Emperor's New Clothes. We're giving away tickets for the three tenors who can't sing. We are your ticket destinations for Ticket and Comedy. Like if you want tickets, yeah, just check out the site. Yeah, dude, get there. All right. Uh, without further ado, here's Josh Adam Myers and his detailed explanation of where the goddamn Comedy Jam came from, and. Uh, I don't know. He sounds like this man. This is uh, this is a pretty good uh, Listen, Josh Adam Myers. Uh, he sounds like he sounds like he uh, he he's dude. He, yeah, he's he's lived a bit, <laughs> dude. <laughs> and and the best part is when we taped this interview, he was he was vaping yes. at the time. And uh, so if you hear sort of like Darth Vader noises <laughs> in the background, like just one either Matt or I are asking a question, you're gonna hear some. <laughs> It did smell like yeah. cereal in the room. Yeah, it smelled delicious. Yeah, so like breakfast cereal. Yeah. All right, here he is. Josh Adam Myers, everyone. It's fucking beautiful. Dude. <laughs> I like how it says buffet yucca mash. Oh, you know what? That's from uh, that's from my wedding, actually. We got, we got married in Puerto Rico, and so like I had You to bastard. Write... You piss off so many people for doing that. <laughs> well, I you married a Puerto Rican. That's where she's Are you Puerto... Puerto... She's Puerto she, Rican. Yeah, she was born there. I was going to say, because you're definitely yeah. not Puerto Rican, Oh, I'm bro. from Cleveland, straight yeah, up. Yeah, you're, well, you're <laughs> very, very white, dude. <laughs> you're very white. Yeah, I'm, I'm the original Mr. Goodbody. <laughs> like, you could literally see my organs if I lift my shirt up. It's pretty bad. Because you're that transparent. They find Josh Groban CDs and your bowel movements <laughs> like that's how white you are 
<laughs> Groban's a funny dude, though, man. He he's, he's, he's a goofball. The white of the yeah, white. But he's yeah. the white of the white. I was yeah. going to say either So he that, has to be funny. I was going to say either that or Gremlins 2, the new batch DVDs. Collected the cards, man. Collected the cards. Those are my two go-to references for comedy. That's all I've got in my reference bank. That's great. All right, that voice you're hearing is Josh Adam Myers. He, of course, is the the man, the brainchild behind Goddamn Comedy Jam, which is something the laugh button has now been obsessed with since the first time we discovered it. So congratulations on that show and Thank everything you. involved with it. And that's where we met you briefly out in L.A. at the Lyric Theater. Mm -hmm. And we saw, I think, Eliza Schlesinger was in the bill. Uh, yeah. Dane Cook that Dane night. Dane Cook was on that night. Michael Costa. Yes. There was um, someone else on that bill. Someone who, did some hip-hop. I'm trying to remember. It was, um, who did hip-hop that Jay night? Jay Larson. It was Jay Larson. Jay, Jay Larson, Larson. Yeah. Yeah. Shirt off. That was yes. Jay Larson. That was his. Um, that was his uh, redemption show okay. because uh, Jay did the second show. The, no, Jay did the first show. Okay, and Jay was the moment that I knew the show would work. Okay, because uh, we we started like I came up with the idea, I sat on it for years, and then finally I was like, I'm gonna do it. And then I when I ran into Burr and I talked to Burr about it, and he was like, I'm in. And then I was like, okay, now I need to find a venue and, and really do the show. And I've been friends with Ryan Sickler and Jay Larson from the Crab Feast for yeah. years, and I was like, well, I'll book both of them because they've been so good to me and they're close friends. And um, at that time, we weren't doing audition, not auditions, uh, rehearsals for the comics. It was only just you come straight in, up, straight wrong. up, just it's Got right. It. And if you fuck up, you fuck up. And Bronger went up first on that night. Matt Bronger went up first, and he did a he did a not Danzig like a misfit song, and it, it went well. But the crowd was like, okay, like yeah. what's next? And yeah. then Jay went up and did a stand up, crushed, and then he told a story, and it was beautiful. And then he did. Uh, what is it? Uh, either message in a bottle. He did a song by the police. Okay. And I mean, he and cuss, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah he yeah. fucked it up <laughs> so bad. Like was singing the verse during the chorus, and he he's just like like we say that you're it's white, so good, yeah. but he's white. Like just so bad. And the audience was like trying to sing to get him back on track, and he could never find it. And so he just ate shit. But like the cool thing was though, guys, is that he committed and he had such a great time. And, and the audience loved it. And yeah. that was when I knew, I was like, we have something on our hands. And the whole time after that, he he kept saying to me, he's like, I'd like to do it again. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, the timing's right. And so we set him up proper. He did, I think he did Bust a Move. He did, yep. he did Young MC, yeah. fucking just crushed yeah, it. Yeah, he nailed it. And yeah. he, because he, he rehearsed it mm -hmm. and he and he found places that he could make it funny. And and so that's that was when I realized too, I was like, I don't want anyone to fail. Of course. You know, it's funny to see somebody fuck up. Like when you, like, I don't know if you remember, there was a comedian named Angela Bowers, a best friend of mine. Mm -hmm. He uh, he used to always, when we used to do shows together, and I was having a kind of a mediocre or a rough set, and if it wasn't like a big show, he'd be in the back, and he'd always yell out for me to do the worst joke that I had. <laughs> he'd be like, do the send dog hype man bit, which is horrible. I'm not even going <laughs> to recite it. But it's a Cypress Hill joke. How bad can it be? It was so bad. It's, <laughs> it's so bad. But he would always tell me to do that one because he loved to see... Comedians love watching other comics that they know are good. Squirm and Eat squirm. It. Yeah, it's yeah, funny, yeah. especially when you're at you know six, seven, eight years. When you're at one or two years, yeah. and, and each set means something to you, and it can kill you if you have a bad set, even at a shitty bar. That's tough, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, right. totally. So it was. I don't want to see anybody fail at this show, and and luckily, um, no one that really else has. Everybody's come through, and and it's been great. But <laughs> well, Jay was the moment. Well, <laughs> let's paint the picture for everybody okay. who doesn't know that needs to know, because okay. seriously, this is one of the most entertaining shows that's happening right now, Thank if, you very if much. not that's ever. Nice and and I mean that with all sincerity. Like seeing it for the first time, it was just taken away. As a musician and a fan of comedy, and sure. someone who does comedy from time to time, it was the perfect melding of the two together because we've seen. Comedians at music festivals, music at comedy festival, all that stuff. But this is the first time I feel like it's really truly come together. 
the way it's supposed to, where both worlds impact each other on an emotional level. And it shouldn't work. It, it, you know what's funny? Yeah. Is, is that I, I hear you on that. I can on, see how you... If you, read, yeah. if you write down the premise of the show on paper, right. it should not work. It, that's what still blows my mind. That's is that, the magic of it. It does. Yeah. That I, that it I think does. it's so... I think I remember I was talking to somebody, explained it to him, and I was like... Because I remember I was talking to a comics when it first started. Like, I'll, and I'll tell the you tell other people the premise of the show. If they don't yeah, know. yeah, that's yeah. That's so what I'm yeah, saying. let's let's paint the picture. So here's like how yeah, you got the, the to where show. You're at All right. Well, the the show is. I'll tell you what the show is, and I'll tell you how I got there. Is the show is uh, you book four comics, uh, and they each comic does eight minutes of stand up, and then they tell a story about why they chose the cover song they're about to sing. Uh, and it can be about the song, a time in their life, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't even really have to do anything with the song. Just yeah. maybe if that song, if the story has some meaning, and that's what makes them think of this song. But just really relate to the audience why they chose it. Of course. And then sing it with a live band. And it goes from stand-up, and the lighting's the same as a regular comedy club during the stand-up and the story. But once it becomes the music, it becomes a full-on concert where the crowd stands up, they go ape shit. Mm-hmm. Um, we have these two comedic actors and comedians, Jeremiah Watkins and, and Johnny Scordies, that are are hype men kind of yeah. like roadies care they play roadies mosh pit but it's so great they really it's it's turned into where the stand-up is nobody really gives a fuck about the stand-up anymore they just want like the story and the song they yeah. want to know they, and i keep i keep them hit the songs hidden until the show uh so you know because i have people constantly ask me oh what is what is jim jeffrey's gonna do yeah, or yeah. what is adam divine gonna do and i'm like i won't tell you you know i'll tell you who's on the lineup before it comes out but i won't tell you the, the the song because it's such a reveal you know yeah, what I mean? Comics, totally. I've really been hiding it and then they'll tell a story and you have no idea what it is and then suddenly they'll start playing the beginning to Survivor Eye of the Tiger and the crowd <laughs> goes crazy so it, it's great and and it shouldn't work um, and, I, and I'll tell you why it does work it works because I didn't start it for any other reason but to have fun and okay. I you know I've been a I was a I grew up in Baltimore and I grew up in a music family and uh, I was always playing music with my dad, guitar, piano. I, pl- I play like 14 different instruments. Not well, but okay. enough to be yeah, like, oh. To, yeah, you can I'm play a, I'm music. A, yeah, I'm, sure. a, I'm a garage band dude. And I was in bands very early on in my life. But uh, when I was six, I watched, uh, my dad was a big fan of stand-up comedy. Had okay. all the records, like Pryor and Woody Allen and Lenny Bruce. And um, and I'd listen to them. And, and then I remember watching Carlin on, what is it? Um, Saturday Night Live? No, 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 no. Comics Relief. And he did the oh, famous, okay. my stuff is stuff. Your stuff is shit, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and he looked like a rock star. Yeah, and at yeah. the time Long I was, hair, I think I was like six, yeah. seven years old, and I was kind of already into Iron Maiden, and I was really into music, like hard rock. And I was like, wow, that looks so cool to do that and be funny. And I always was kind of a very hyperactive kid and tried to make people laugh. So I was like, well, I want to, I want to do stand up. And my dad was like, well, what do you want to do with your life? Do you want to do music or do you want to stand up? And I was like, well, I'm gonna try to do both, you know, because you can. And I never realized that you couldn't, you know what I mean? Because one's you know, it's just, it would be cheesy to like to be, you know, like John Mayer, even trying stand up comedy <laughs> is, is cool. But at the same time, people are so like, eh, it's, you know, dude, you're yeah, an you're incredible guitar guitarist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just stick with that. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I, I started, I, I, when I got into my teens and, and my twenties, I was doing music straight, straight forward. I was in college and I dropped out of college to be in this band called led and we, we played shows and we got big in, in the DC and Baltimore area. Mm-hmm. And then it fell apart and uh, I was like, well, I'm going to finish college and then move to L.A. and do stand up. And I had started stand up roughly in D.C., but I mean, I hand I count on my hand how many open mics I did at this shitty, shitty comedy club inside of a hotel called okay. Wiseacres. And 
and then I and then I moved to LA and I worked in production and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do stand up. And I just I met a I met one of my best friends. I met a buddy named Angelo Bowers, the first open mic I ever did and in LA. And I did okay. And he was so funny already, but he told me I was funny. And he was like, I really like this joke you did. Mm-hmm. And and I was like, Well, now I got my friend. And and I just dove head first and that was it every single day. Me, him, and Gerard Carmichael and Byron Bowers and Rel Battle and Yasser Lester and Jade Catapreda. I mean, just my class, we would just yeah. we just hit the comedy store and open mics, go from one to the other. And uh I would always still like dick around with music and Angelo played music, so we'd play together and and then uh the show really formulated at this place called the Unknown Theater, which okay. is a now defunct theater on Santa Monica Boulevard that was run by this cokehead. And I hate <laughs> to say that, but he was. And he ruined this beautiful theater by yeah. putting on these horrible plays. But he, because of him, there was a comedy show on Sunday nights that Sarah Tiana and Laura Valdivia ran. But they had these big parties there. And the, the, the theater became a, uh, like a, like a speakeasy after okay. a certain time. And this band, Elemento P, would show up. Mm-hmm. And they were friends with Chris and they, we just hit it off and, and I started to play around with them a little bit. And, and then Sarah and Laura dropped the show. I took it over with another comic. I'm about a year into comedy at this point. Okay. And I brought the band on as like a house band to bring everybody on and off. And then we started doing music. Mm-hmm. Like we'd write a song and it would be yeah. cheesy and not well thought out, but everybody loved it. And then, um, then I remember it was we the, the the theater closed down and we started another version of the goddamn comedy jam, which was very loose. It was just the same thing as comics being brought off and on. They didn't have to do a song. Mm-hmm. And we did three shows, and on the second show, Adam Divine headline. This okay. is pre he hadn't blown up yet. Pre workaholics. Yeah, it just came out. Okay. okay. So he wasn't a huge star yet. It was sure. so it was easier he to was book still him. Still doing stand up. Yeah, he was still yeah, doing yeah. stand up, but it was really easier to book him okay. uh, for a shitty venue that we were at. And he there was a very light crowd, and he sang a song with uh, the band. He was like, you know what, I want to do my set. I want to do a song, and the crowd of like fifteen people loved it. And that was when I was like, this is a good idea. And then you just you sit on it i just sat on it for four years almost like because um stand-up started going really well for me you know i i went to some comedy festivals and i booked a few things and and uh and i was like well this is i want to focus strictly on stand-up and and i had some other not family but life issues that, that come up and um and then i got um I got new faces at Montreal Comedy Festival, and I thought my career is about to change. Yeah, it's a very prestigious thing. Very prestigious, uh, and nothing happened in my life. Mm -hmm. Nothing changed. Everybody else on my bill has been on Saturday Night Live, (laughs) been on television. Everybody's been in movies. I'm the only one. What what year was that? This is 2013. Okay, and I and I needed it, man. Mm -hmm. I was because I was. I remember when I got the call that I got new faces. I was like driving, picking my mom up from the airport to go to my cousin's like uh, pre. What do they call it? The uh, the dinner before the wedding. The the rehearsal. The rehearsal. Yeah, yeah, rehearsal. We're going to the rehearsal and and fucking. I remember I'm like, God, my life is just shit and blah blah blah. I don't know what's going on. And then I get the call from Montreal and I'm like wigging out. Yeah. We we go to Montreal. I do so well and everybody's like, we don't know what to do with you. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wow. And so it's because I'm a rough, I'm a dude. I'm a rough sell. I'm a recovering addict. I have a voice that's creepy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not. I'm not a dirty comic, but I'm also not a clean comic. Yeah. And even with my voice, whatever I say is perceived as yeah. dirty. Yeah. I could, right. it's just sounds edgy because yeah. you have this kind of voice. So, uh, everybody was complimenting me and, but I didn't get a new manager. I didn't get a new agent. I was still rep by Shakey's pizza, which was fucking <laughs> terrible. And, um, and then I, and then I didn't know what to do and I was going to move to New York. And then, mm. um, and then I remember 
that was then when um, I, I ran into Burr at the comedy store. Yeah. And Burr used to come to the Unknown Theater with Chris Porter and jam with us. And, and, I, and I always kept a friendship with Bill. Yeah, he loves playing drums. He's yeah, a big he's, fan he of loves stuff, any, yeah. He loves talking about anything but comedy. Okay. Right, because right. I think most celebrities, like, sense. you don't want to sure. go up to, yeah. you're not going to go up to, you know, Axl Rose and just start talking about, you know, Guns N' Roses or what they do. You want to talk, if, he, if you know he has an interest that isn't, like, you talk to Burr about cars. Like if and he's into ice hockey. Like, this happened yeah, a million with Rob, Rob Zombie. Loves the LA Kings. Interviewed him once, started talking about hockey, all of a sudden he lit up like a Christmas tree. It was like, Yeah, let's talk hockey. You know, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm, if you want to talk about basketball with me, I can talk for hours. All right, and, 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 and I'm a Washington there. Wizards fan, huge. Yeah. I'm like, Do you miss the bullets? Do you miss, nah, I, I you miss the logo? I, no, because they went back to it. They right, went back right. to the same colors, but mm-hmm. I love this team so, so much. I mean, I'm. There's some um, potential, man. There's, there, yeah. we're, if we get Durant, yes, I, I think John Wall is one of the greatest players. he's coming home, right? He might come I home. I have no idea, but I'm going to. I'm going to tell you this. Um, if he does, it's because of me. Because um, <laughs> yes. because I went, it, it was BET weekend, and I was going to do a spot at the comedy store, and I parked uh, kind of far away because the lot was full. And as I'm walking by Katsuya, which is this big sushi restaurant, there's this mm-hmm. big black SUV, and the light turns on, and Kevin Durant's sitting in the car, and I'm like, all right, this is my chance. <laughs> but I was like, but he doesn't look like he's getting out. So I was like, well, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to pass by yeah, and right. wait. So I'm going to act like I'm on my cell phone until he gets out, and I look like I'm on my pacing cell phone. Back and pacing forth. back and Going, like talking to some mystery fake person yeah, I'm like yeah. nah I'll be there Tina yeah I'll be there don't worry Tina I'll be there and then he gets up walks out and then I come around and I go oh my god Kevin Durant and he's like what's up man and I shake his hand and I'm like dude I'm a huge fan he's like thank you and then I grab his hand and like pull him in close and I go you need to come home to DC and he's like what are you talking about and I'm like we need you to be a wizard next year and he's like whatever man That's, yeah, right. and I'm like and I like really grab his hand I'm like no man you need to come home Come home, man. <laughs> and then he like pulls his hand away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You probably like, scared him. I probably scared him. But here's the thing: you scared I, the tarantula, I, man. If he if he doesn't come back, then I'm the reason he didn't. If he does, I am the. Oh, reason. Okay, okay. So it works either way for you. Voodoo hex <laughs> on him. Say he he just finished putting pen to paper in his DC contract in the car, which is why he that was what he was doing. And then he just rescinded it five yeah. seconds later. Rip that contract. I, I would love it. I'm just a huge huge fan. But back to the show. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, literally like, Burr. Literally Burr. You know, we kept in touch and we talked about music and then um i'm at the store and he's on stage and, mm. and he comes off and, and everybody's you know sucking his dick like you're the best oh my god it was the greatest set and like it was almost kismet like like he like sees me and just goes excuse me for a second and moves everybody away and runs over to me and he's like josh he's like dude he's like i've been playing drums again man he's like we gotta start jamming oh, yeah. and then i was like yes. here it is and i go and i give him the pitch for the show and he was like, he, you know, my best burn person. He's like, dude, I'm fucking down. That's pretty good. Um, he goes, I'm, I tape my special on the on the 20th of June, and I'm free after that. So, and I'll be home the whole summer because I've been working, so wow. we can get started. And then I was like, now I got to find a venue. Yeah. Now I got to talk to the band. Of course. Uh, which the band was, you know, I knew they'd be available. They they have jobs and they're all they do their thing. They're but... fantastic, by the way. To give them some love. Oh, I'm they're, they're great. They're, they're great musicians. They're good dudes. Very versatile. Switching instruments. To, you know, accompanying everybody. It's, it's um it's the the core group is a group called LMNOP, which is Joel Rukatowski and Nick Liberator, but now the band has been renamed the Goddamn Band. Oh, they have uh, okay. because we've added because we added Jay Golden, our flying V violinist, who's that like guitarist. Nasty. Who's, yeah. who's so one of, nasty. He's a yeah. true He doesn't performer. stay on stage. Yeah. <laughs> and he's but he's he's a showman. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But without taking away from the comic. Like he understands that it's like when he can shine, yeah. he does. And when he needs to hold back, 
that's what we do. Because we've had other players sit in that tried to make it about them, the right. musicians. And it's the wrong move. It's yeah. the wrong move. It's all about setting up the comic for success. Mm -hmm. Like, even I, like, We'll try to help the comedians if they're like, we need some backup on this. But I yeah. have to pull back because I want to go crazy and be the front man all the time. But it's always about the comedian. And um, so Nick Libertor on drums, Joel Rutowski on guitar or bass, uh, Jay Golden on, on flying V or bass. We have uh, like three different keyboardists we use. Uh, Chris Norton, who plays with Zappa, plays Zappa. Mm -hmm who's been on tour for a while, uh, so he's been unavailable. And then we use uh, a friend of mine who I do another show with who's a comic slash musician uh, named Avery Pearson. Okay. Who, uh, him and I have a show with Jeremiah Watkins at the Hollywood Improv every Saturday night at midnight called The Midnight Snack, where we do a lot of musical stuff. And uh, Avery's just, he's great because he's, he's a talented pianist and, and he, he just is happy to be there. Mm -hmm. he, he, I think he has a lot to do with us getting Montreal because Robbie... Robbie's always kind of been cool with me since I got Montreal. He always checked in on me. He was like, dude, what's going on in your career? I want to, you know, I want to see what you're doing and blah, blah, blah. But he went to Hebrew school with Robbie and sent him this like beautiful email about how beautiful the show is because it's, it really is this, this rock and roll show, but yeah. there's this beautiful thing about it where the story could melt your heart or make you laugh or make mm -hmm. you cry. And then the performances can be these magical experiences that you're, you're blown away that, that, that Melissa Villasenor is, is, killing and just crushing a Whitney Houston song and gives this incredible story beforehand and it's he, he just sent this great email to Robbie and, and Robbie called me immediately and was like you know well dude I was already planning on calling you about the show anyway oh, but he's great. like after I got this thing from, from Avery he's like we gotta do this nice. like, we have to do it and it was a talk of JFL like yeah. the, the shows were packed I don't know if there was I mean I feel like when we went to, the, to go see it one night like you couldn't get in there was 30-40 people down the line down the line that mm -hmm. just were not getting into the show at JFL because it had already been been sold out or mm -hmm. whatnot too so like it was they a talk waiting. of the week they were, they were. just they in were. case you it was definitely know. one of those shows you couldn't miss it we were there, so. when he asked me to do it i think we i think if we do it next year or we do it after we're going to try to make it the midnight show so it can be it can be what you end your night with. yeah because yeah. we were the seven o'clock show because mm -hmm. i wanted to make sure that the comedians could rehearse and i wanted to make sure that everybody was like we'd be set up and be ready to go because it's not something you can just throw together yeah, i mean course. you know you're you're dealing with margaret Cho and you only have her for like 15 I just spit on your yeah, microphone and I was like <laughs> I told you my mouth is super luby today dude. I spit all over your table it's a, it's a keepsake man that's all you <laughs> it was like but you should have seen the goblet that was right there it's still there yeah, I saw um, it. I saw but it was it was tough it was yeah. tough to um, I was worried so I, I put it in yeah. the 7 o'clock show and, and and it worked for some nights we were sold out almost every night and then on other nights we were we had a lot of competition like oh, really? okay. on our the only show we didn't sell out was Wednesday night okay. um which was going up against new faces mm -hmm. uh and like a weird al concert or something mm -hmm. else but I'll yeah. tell you this right now like that was a, there were 30 people in the audience oh wow and i remember me and the band go Cause you know, like when you've seen comics go into like a room and there's like ten people and they're like, "Man, fuck these people," you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But those are the ten people those that show up. Yeah. That showed up. You they know? deserve. They deserve. They deserve a, a great show. show. Yeah. And so yeah. we said, we're like, we're gonna give these people the best show of their lives. We're gonna work harder tonight than we worked any other night. And we blew the roof off that. I mean, I was like, I threw my body around. I kissed different dudes. I, <laughs> I did like a backflip off. Which the we stage. have witnessed. I love it. It's yeah. my thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it's a very masculine, funny you, thing to you kiss. You climb all over the audience. 
you I do like what, to yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's I think it it's because the more ridiculous that I am, the and the it makes the other comics realize that it's there's nothing off limits. Yeah, of and course. To right. go for it. Yeah, yeah. To really go for it. And and I and I'm not gonna I can say this with no ego. It's like there's listen, I'm a funny comic, but this is what I was born to do. Yeah, yeah. This is what I am I've always been a performer. Like I'm trying to sell myself now as like a rock and roll Dean Martin. And when I do my hour on Comedy Central or HBO or wherever it goes, it's gonna be comedy and music with the yeah. band. It's gonna be an original song and stand up, and that's what I do with my hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great, and people love it. And and it's like I I have fun doing straight stand up. But you know, when if you would have told my fourteen year old self, you're gonna do both. You're gonna do exactly the thing that you said you wanted to do to your dad, and it's gonna be taken seriously. I would have, I would have, you know, would have had a permanent boner for the last thirty years <laughs> because it's because it's it's not it's it wasn't supposed it's not supposed to happen like that. You're yeah. not supposed to get what you want like that. And, of course. And and I'm really blessed because I didn't start it like I said to, for fame. I didn't start it for money. I started it because I was like, I am so over this funky ass town. Mm. I just want to have fun once a month, and I care about it, and I care about you know the the audience and I care I know that there there's so many boring shows and I'm like dude let's give them something that's a little different and and it's I'm still blown away of the success and completely in awe that the audience comes up to me after the show and, and I give me the stuff like you said that yeah, it's yeah. one of these fun I just dude it's I, emotional man it's like you can't help but just be moved by it like it's just because it's all encompassing people are affected by music and people are affected by spoken word and if you can relate to somebody on a certain level whether you know the song or not it, now all of a sudden you're paying to this, you're listening to the song in a different way mm-hmm. you're like Agreed. oh my god like this is this person's perspective holy but, shit but you're yeah. also you're also a musician mm-hmm. and and I think you can appreciate and you like comedy so but you can appreciate that that I always say this is that we where stand up and music differentiate is that uh, stand up is judged like everything that comes out of my mouth or Burr's mouth or yeah, yeah, or yeah. any comedian's mouth is broken down Very much and, so. and especially in LA it could be like oh I don't like that or, or well, oh I like that or you know oh I agree with that and I don't agree with that <laughs> So I'm gonna blog it's or whatever. A, it's the same thing in New York too. Exactly, yeah. but I feel New York's a little bit more because there's so many. Like LA's too laid back, and New York yeah. is too like, eh, no, we'll like we'll take it. You know, yeah, we, yeah. we we we'll take your rape joke. Or we'll yeah, take your joke. New York has a little be, bit of like, uh, hey, shut the fuck up. Like, exactly, <laughs> but but they're not like it's not like there's a there's a difference between LA and New York comedy, okay. and I feel like the comedy is really appreciated here, whereas in LA it's it's heavily judged. Okay, Heav- especially in the alt rooms, the indie rooms, Makes sense. where, yeah. where yeah. I where I have I've almost stopped going to because I just don't feel like being broken down because I'm not, you know, it's not a good I, feeling anymore it, there. It's, huh? it's not, listen, I, I, I'm not putting down any show. They're all sure. great. I've had some incredible well, experiences. It's just not for, you, it's just yeah. not for me. Yeah. And also mm-hmm. since I started doing the show, I just want to do clubs and work on the show. Um, but I feel like comedy is judged and broken down while music is just straight enjoyed. Yeah. You know, like you can, you can, you know, I know I can tell you're like a, you, 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 you named dead Sarah, which is sure. a rock band, but I bet if you heard a Katy Perry song that had a good sound to it, I you'd could, be like, yeah, I, I like this. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, it so- Sarah Silverman said that she goes, if it sounds good to my earbuds, like then I like it yeah, and I don't care what it is. And two kinds of music, good and bad. Exactly. So it's catchy. Yep. And it's catchy. It's in your head. And yep. even if it's a sucky song, you're like, dude, this, this song's catchy. It's yeah, fuck. Yeah, yeah. And so music is really just enjoyed. And, and I think that's where the, the blend comes that, you know, especially when you're seeing these comedians put into a situation that they are genuinely nervous. Like this yeah. is not an easy show to do. Oh yeah. This is harder. You know, they stand up is like, you know, like, Oh, good. Well, I'm sorry. When we saw Eliza, she was like, 
almost terrified. Yeah, well, you know, she was singing a Pat Benatar song. Like, she's like, I don't know if I can do this, but she looked sincerely terrified until she started singing. The crowd went nuts, and she was just having a great time. And she that. crushed it. Yeah, she, she totally did. destroyed it. Yeah. Uh, we had uh, and not saying uh, he doesn't do this a lot, but Brody Stevens had a complete and utter emotional breakdown oh, in wow. the dressing room. Like yelled at me. Oh wow! He's like, Why would you book me on this? And I, was like, <laughs> I told you what it was, man. And he agreed and, to it. And he agreed to it. <laughs> right. and, and he even screamed at the audience. Uh, and we were lucky that um, that Jim Jeffrey stepped in to close out that show. And and Jim, you know, has been a huge supporter yeah, of it. And he's a beast. And he's just so great, man. Mm-hmm. Just so goddamn great. Um, but Bill said it best. It's he goes, man, I've been doing stand up for over 20 years and and I don't get nervous. He's like, I'm going to he's like, I'm going to play Madison Square Garden on Saturday. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I could, I'm not afraid at all. Of course, um, it's sold out. I got nothing to worry about. They're all people that want to see me. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I drive to your show of 140 <laughs> people, I get butterflies. Wow. And I think now he's less nervous like he because he's. um well, he's doing it different too. Like he's playing drums, but st- those people are just. He kind of comes yes, out in know? character too. He yeah, goes, yeah, but he Tommy goes Lee for it. Listen, yeah, yeah. Burr sings at the end of the show when everybody comes up with the group yeah. song at the end. Uh, but I listen, man. Bill is is can do whatever he fucking wants on the show. I I Bill is the godfather of the jam, and he is he changed my life. Mm-hmm. Um, he did the first show, and and because he did it. It just opened it up to everybody. Everybody said, "Well, if Bill's doing it, then course, I got to do it." Instant credibility, instant credibility, uh, and and not just that. He he's promoted it on his podcast. He tweets about it. He's uh, he's basically you know one of the like I said, he's the Godfather, and I owe him everything because it, it, I'm not saying it wouldn't have taken off just might have taken some time mm-hmm. but there was instant buzz from the first show and um, he crushed the drums and and he's now like he's we're, we're trying to work it out where we get real rock stars to come in and, and it's all gonna happen cool. organically really cool. mm-hmm. like people are always trying to help me with it and I'm like just let it happen man mm-hmm. just it's gonna happen the way I'm not gonna go out and look and say hey you know uh, you know Duff come on and play bass on this song like it's just if it, if it happens it happens and I, and I know it will yeah. because it's just the way that it's growing. In one year, from the one-year anniversary, we went from playing the Lyric <clears throat> to selling out six straight nights at the Montreal Comedy Festival and then at a year and a half, like it's almost like everything happens on the right reason. Like I said, the, this Friday night, we sold out Gramercy Theater mm-hmm. so much. We sold it out so fast that they removed all the seats and now it's standing room. Standing so room we're now yeah. we're two, we added another 200 tickets and sold those oh, out geez. in a day. So it's 600 people. It's going to be a real rock show. Yeah, I mean, like, everyone in our office, and not everyone in our office are work particularly in comedy. They're music fans. And they're like, and they're like, they're excited about. It. They they want to they want to go to the show. And I had people literally ask me today, "Is like, hey, can you pull any strings for the goddamn comedy?" I'm like, it's a little too late. I mean, like the show's sold out and moving down the street. So we didn't know. It's we crazy. didn't know. I didn't know it was going to sell out that fast um, because they. It's you know it's it's just like this like we did Philadelphia last night and we the sales were bad mm-hmm. at first and then next thing you know there's 120 people yeah and but, but next time it's gonna be you yeah, know they're all gonna go yes, home and tell their friends so and, and yes, you know, yeah. that's the thing about the show you know it's like when when you don't have na- like you, you you're not a television show right now or there's not a movie so you're not having this national exposure yet sure. in the way sure, that those sure. products well, do it's like groundswell word of mouth yeah now it's thing, gra- right? the second you guys play a show it's just next time in that town. Multiply, you know, multiply that by fifty. Well, to, to to match what you we just said right there, um, the Wednesday night show in Montreal, which had thirty people, every yeah. single one of those people came back oh, for sure. for Friday or Saturday. Like they all came back. They were like, mm-hmm. "This is one of the best shows we've ever seen." Which just, like I said, it blows my mind. 
Cause it, but you know, but I work, I dude, I I work my ass off to make sure that it, that the crowd's having fun. I mean, dude, last night in Philly was tough at the beginning. Yeah, like they were all the way the room was set up, it was different, um, and it was a very intimate experience. Um, and I only had one of my hype man, Jeremiah, there, mm -hmm. and and we had to work, and, but we got him. And by the end of the night, I mean, we pulled we we pulled all 120 people up on stage to sing the final song with us. Yes, mm, that's great. And the club owner was like, Love we. It. We, we almost, I think we either broke even or they lost money maybe a little bit, but he was like, I don't even care. He was like, that was such a great show. Like you guys, he's like, I want you guys back and we'll get you enough time to, to really promote it and we'll get the right comics on it. That's great. Or, and I was, and he gave us all t-shirts and, and gave us food and it was just such a cool thing. So, so now you have an outline. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's listen, man, we, we know what to do. We're doing it right. The band works their ass off. Um, I give everything, you know, mm. that I have every night. I, I was going to ask you, how often do you, how often can you not talk? Because, <laughs> because I, in Montreal, yeah. when we saw you do shout was what you guys opened mm -hmm. the night with. I was like, this guy's not going to be able to talk. Like, for, <laughs> like you must have throat polyps. Just I do. Aligned, I do. Actually. aligned from top to bottom. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, this guy is, it, it's, it seemed like you were doing it. Like it was the last time you were ever going to perform. And, and that comes across. And that's, that's why you're winning these people over, you know, you're so committed and you sell it, man. It's, Thank you. it's I, out of control. I, um, I do have throat, a lot of throat issues. <laughs> actually, I go to a speech therapist. I go to vocal lessons. I work okay. with uh, Seth Riggs who trained Michael Jackson. I work with his daughter. Daughter, mm -hmm. uh, who I used to work out with, and um, and I, I go to an ENT uh, every other week. Uh, then my vocal cords looked at, mm -hmm. and I have two nodules. Yeah, uh, it, it was it's been scary, man, because yeah. it it's well. Here's the deal: like the male voice starts to deteriorate, male singing voice starts to deteriorate at 34 without proper training. Okay, um, oh, and I trained as a kid. <laughs> Uh, but then I got into rock bands and I was just like, I was just doing screaming yeah, or I yeah. was like, I knew how to sing and I had a very powerful voice, but I just use it constantly. So it's difficult. And then we start doing the show and I really go for it. And I mean, it was right before Montreal. Like I remember I was like, I was like, all right, I'm going to start getting vocal lessons and I'm going to start taking care of my voice. I'm going to buy all these lozenges Throat and, coat and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm doing all of that. And literally the <gasps> night I bought all that stuff, I lost my voice for some reason, <laughs> but it wouldn't come back. It was not coming back, and then oh, I scary. thought it was anxiety or whatever. Yeah. It could be a bunch of stuff, and so something I go mental or something. And so I go to an ENT, and he goes, "Dude, one of your vocal cords is just fried." Like he goes, "The other one's covering everything for that other vocal cord." It's like it's not. There's no paralysis. It's just so swollen. It's like um, overcompensating, and yeah. Wow. And so wow. he's like, "So here's what we're gonna do to get you through Montreal. I'm gonna shoot you full of prednisone and and Decadron, which is an anti-inflammatory mm -hmm. for the throat." Mm -hmm. And he goes, "And we're gonna just put band-aids on it, and wow. we're gonna." Deal with it when you come back because you got to get through these shows. And even when I was in Montreal, I went to the ENT wow. twice. I've probably spent close to eight thousand dollars on doctors <clears throat> because I I have insurance, but I have like welfare insurance. Yeah. So I have really bad insurance, and so okay. that's why I pay for this ENT out of pocket. And he's great. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> and I have to I have to save my voice a lot. I literally now I mean I have a girlfriend where I do my stand up shows and I go home and I hang out with her and I don't talk sign right? language and I <laughs> and I yeah, just point at my dick. And I'm yeah. like, you know what I want, baby. This right here. You know what I want. Um, she, no, but it's it's great, dude. I I really take care of it now. I mm. do vocal warm ups three times a day. Actually, you know, on my way here because I, I was like, did I, I have a full day? I have a couple shows and the, mm -hmm. and the podcast, and I have a party later tonight. 
which I can barely go to. That's the other thing too, is like parties. Oh, the party thing at the end of the night tonight. I have to go in and out because it's so loud that you just, you always push. So it's very tough. Um, But I, I, I was walking to the train here in New York. I was walking down Dittmar in Astoria and I'm doing my vocal warm ups and people are like looking at me like, (laughs) so I'm like, just doing the whole thing. And I go and, and it's because I take it seriously and yeah, I'm yeah. not embarrassed by it. It's my it's my fucking profession and and I just I have to do it. So an hour a day, broken up into two three twenty minute slots. I do vocal warm ups and I go to bed early. I don't eat late. I. You know, no Smart. more dairy. You want to, um, you want an apple, lemon, cayenne, ginger? Uh, <laughs> I love it because uh, ginger is an yeah. anti-inflammatory. It is. Well, it you is. clearly it's take different. it seriously. You have the tattoo of the the logo of the show on your forearm. Well, so, this I mean, was a uh, this. Okay, this this is the logo. Yeah, yeah. this yeah. is Lenny, it's Lenny Bruce. Bruce half it's Lenny Bruce and Axl Rose. But if you notice right here, there's there's something underneath this. There was a shitty tattoo that I got when I was 18 that I picked off a wall that I've had for years that I hated. Okay, and so the whole idea that I was what I I wanted to cover this up and um the guy was like well what do you want and i was like i don't know and, is it a and crocus blah, blah, blah. logo what was no that? it was a um, <laughs> crocus a crocus no dude it was some <laughs> shitty tribal fucking yeah sure you know, it was it, it means was something mom you were, you were, your teenage years were the 90s as were ours yeah. so we <laughs> it, get it it was it, you know what it was it was like it was just something i picked off a wall because i'm very um instant gratification if i say i want something i want it now yeah as a, yeah you know, as a rec- that's why i was a drug addict because i was like dude i just want to get high now now yeah. now yeah and like uh with the tattoo, I remember I was just, I'm getting a tattoo, I'm getting a tattoo, and I drove to the tattoo place, and the guy was like, you know, this is going to be on your body forever. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm just going to pick something off the wall, and that's what I'm getting. And I was like, how much is this? And he goes, that's 200. I'm like, I can't afford that. How much is this? And he's like, that's 300. I can't afford that. How much is this? He goes, 150. I'm like, done. And I was like, put it on there. And it, and it was just so bad, man. And some some Indian guy at a 7-Eleven said to me, it reminded him of some Hindu meaning. Yeah. Okay. And so I would just tell people, I was like, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a symbol for like Vishnu. <laughs> but it wasn't and it was just so it bad it's like loosely translated like it's so poorly bad. interpreted yeah and so i i when i i was like all right well now that the show's taken off um because i think all the tattoos on my body kind of represent a time in my life i have That's a few first, yeah you yeah. know i've got i've got the goddamn comedy jam which represents you know my 30s and then i've got my dog's paw which is my 20s and my, um mm-hmm. i've got miles davis which, which was Sweet. like my my not middle school but i played trumpet for a very long time nice. i was obsessed with them and then i also have uh, a tattoo of this jewish hip-hop group i was in called De shekels i got the d <laughs> and the s on my arm De and that was another shekels. mistake but at the same time it's not like it's not like it looks cool so you wouldn't know it's some mm. cheesy jewish hip-hop group yeah that me and my friends started in, in my that's living fantastic. room um, but I see, yeah i see like uh yeah nautical stars so yeah, yeah. that's well that was yeah. just that was the was, emo phase that was maybe? another that was another <laughs> picked off a wall type thing uh, so you know like i said like i get things in my head that mm. that i'm like i want to do it and i just do it and i don't think about the repercussions yeah but As that's I'm, living life man you're I, living life yeah, yeah i also gotta say i don't know many people have miles davis tattoos too yeah that's mean he's a very miles Man, Miles, Miles, and I think this is kind of blue. One of my favorite records, all one time. of the best records yeah. ever made. Yeah, best-selling jazz record ever. Musicians cite that as like a highly influential mm-hmm. record. Miles Davis, kind of blue, like like people from like Led Zeppelin to all the '60s guys, they love Miles Davis, kind of blue. What I what I what I like about Miles, and what I like about um, bands like Radiohead and yeah. the Beatles, and um, is 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 the is reinventing. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like what longevity in any career. 
It's just like in stand-up. It's mm-hmm. like you can't keep doing the same thing over and of course, over again. Right. It's, gonna, it's people get tired of it, you know? You have to evolve uh, as a performer. And Miles started with cool jazz. He invented yep. that. And then he moved into modal. And then he moved into experimental. And then he moved into, like, funk. Like, And then he, yeah. and then he, at the end of his career, he was doing like, a variation of electronic smooth jazz. Yeah, he was doing some crazy And, like, stuff. the Beatles started with, with she, you know, she loves you, the cheesiest pop music. Mm-hmm. And just look where they ended. Ties and to, like, just, crazy went to just, India. And, just, and that's... Absolutely, and yeah. that's Radiohead which is honestly like one of my favorite bands ever I think they have the perfect career and I love that they're they're constantly going for something different and and trying to reinvent themselves and and in a sense that's kind of what I wanted to do with my career I'm not saying yeah. I planned on it that way it's just kind of happened where I was like, I'm a stand-up comic. I'm a stand-up comic. No, I'm I'm a musical stand-up comic. No, I'm I'm this thing now, and it's just, it's an evolution. And so eventually, it's just gonna evolve to where I've blended the two, like I said, the two things that I love the most in together. Mm-hmm. And it would be completely different from where I started because when I started, it was just straight stand up, open mm-hmm. mic, and like fucking trying to tell Facebook jokes. And yeah, it's just it's that's what you do. It's like it's the real career. Like musicians that never change always fail mm-hmm. and i think that's why uh, i have this, this theory about hip-hop artists right now mm-hmm. rap rap artists they throw out non-stop albums while they get famous if you notice like yeah, dude, yeah, this guy yeah. future is put out like, yeah, nine, yeah. and they drop you know it's all yeah. get it out while it's hot because they never they hardly ever change their style so it's maximized while it's big yeah that's right. why kanye is gonna even though i'm not a huge kanye fan i respect his music i think it's great some of it but i'm not yeah. like a fan of him personally well, but for, I he's respect, tough yeah i respect that as an artist he goes for he it he goes for it yeah. and he changes his style and he'll do a song that's you know he'll do an album that's like straight you know not thug hip-hop or gangsta it's not at all he's never really been that but you know he's just constantly doing and changing his sound and, mm. and I respect that as yeah. an artist because if you do something different people may not like it but at least you're challenging the audience and you're challenging yourself yeah on the comedy point of view I mean Carlin he completely changed what he was doing I mean and Louis C.K. probably one of the more recent examples he was just doing like really just general stuff and then he started talking about his kids and then boom he went supernova well, yeah, I, think, yeah. I think you start with the stuff that you're not afraid to talk about of course you know that you yeah. know that the audiences will like and then eventually you have to get personal yeah and you have to really open up and that's when you become a comedian yeah you know because before you're just you're just you know even if you're professional you're still just doing if you're just telling jokes that everybody else if anybody else can tell your joke you're you're still yeah if you can predict the punchline yeah yeah, if you can predict it or you're just talking about normal premise like you know there's nothing wrong with talking about you know men versus women because that's that's forever forever. but the the greats mine it for something completely different and unique and yeah oh shit i never thought of it that way exactly so it's i feel like you know when you really get into your life like burr's sets now and i go back to him because i just i'm obsessed with him i think he's such a great comedian good person to be obsessed yeah there's 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 worse comics to love my my two favorite (laughs) comics of all time are are patrice Mm o'neill is who i think is one of the greatest i think so dirty it's so real and oh yeah 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 say what's on his mind and it's unfortunate that I didn't get into him until he passed away, but I just be, it's like elephant in the room just changed my life. Yeah. But him and Burr, and it's like, if you listen to Burr, like Burr is, was, was, was personal at the beginning, but now his sets are like about him and his wife and, mm-hmm. and you know, about real things that have happened to him. And it, it's so entertaining where it's not just like a setup punchline joke. And he really gives his thoughts and his, and what he feels. And it's like, that's. That's what I want to do. And like, I mean, it's so difficult as a comedian to open yourself up like that and really express what you think. So many people, especially in LA, are afraid to do that. It's unfortunate because like the absence of Patrice is almost like, well, what would have Patrice thought of 
whatever common you know uh, current event or Bill Hicks is another one like what would Bill Hicks think about the political state of 2015 you know like you kind of almost wish that he was around to kind of sure. like offer some opinion about that type of stuff yeah I, t- I talked to Kelly Carlin about that like what it would be like to have George here to deal with things like Twitter and Facebook and you know, all that crap and see mm-hmm. wh- how he would you know absorb that use it or shit on or whatever you know mm-hmm. and yeah. Uh, yeah it's it's unfortunate those people can't be around to to experience or just we can experience them experiencing it you but know? we were lucky but, enough to have them that's yeah, sure cool that's it's true. like yeah, sure I um, you know like what what would have happened to listen I've never been a big Nirvana fan but yeah. like where would Kurt Cobain have gone man like, I, I, what direction I, I, like, he would have became was, a solo artist I was like literally talking about that the other day is like he's like Kurt Cobain would either be doing something so ridiculous or he'd like just they, they would they probably would be. They wouldn't write a relevant record at this point. Uh, they would have broke. I mean, Dave Grohl was going to break out of that band no matter what. He's a star. Yeah, he he was, was, was going to break a, away. One from of the that last band. few rock stars we have on this planet. Yeah, yeah. well, Bonafide no, rock you know stars. what? Josh Wolf said something that okay. uh, I'm gonna. I know you might not like, but uh, okay, it's true. He goes, no. He goes, Miley Cyrus is one of the few real rock stars. Mm. She's you she's think? really uh, she's pushing the limits. She's you know maybe she's not doing anything super different in this she's doing what madonna did back in years right. ago yeah and, but, and then but, britney spears the year before the decade when, after or? when when josh wolf did the jam his story was like he's like i'm choosing wrecking ball because like i respect this girl he's like okay. she's wild man like this is really who she wants to be and this is who she is now and she's free and so you know she parties and she does all yeah that. And, and we saw and we've seen miley live you know but like it's just it's interesting because i i while i see that and, and understand that like at the same time you're watching it and it's it's like she's like I'm going to do this because this is what I think edgy is. Sure, you know what I mean, and that's where it's like that's where the rub is. Wasn't where, that what Madonna did? One hundred percent. But like, but like, I don't feel like Kurt Cobain was ever doing something because he thought this is what the edge will be or this is what will get a rise out of people. Where I feel like for Miley, it's like I'll do this because someone will talk about this tomorrow. Sure, no, and I think that's where the little difference is between like a Kurt Cobain and a Miley. I, I, well, I feel like media, you know, dude, there wasn't the internet when Kurt. Cobain. Yeah, 100%. yeah, it was a there wasn't any of she's that. She's a victim stuff. of yeah, the yeah. scenario. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah, just, she has things to do are different now. That's how it's the you only relevant. way you can stay relevant. Dude, it's, it's a very, Push we live in a order. really fucked up time where yeah. everything is, you know, is broken down yeah. on every level by every single person. Everybody feels so like So Josh, why are you holding the mic with your left hand right now? It's, uh, what's <laughs> going, get comfortable, man. What's going through your I head, you have mic stands like <laughs> normal <laughs> fucking podcasters. <laughs> God damn, I'm like, I'm tired, dude. I haven't had a good night's sleep in Here, let me, like let me hold nights. it. Let me hold it for you. Here, no, that I'm not that fucking. <laughs> give me a goddamn juice. Um, no, I'm extremely... I can't get you a mic stand if you want. I just no, God, no, I'm, I'm completely fine. I'm... <laughs> Listen, I, I, I'm like I'm not a fan of social media. I, yeah. I don't I don't like it. Um, I do it, is it because weird. it is weird. I, I do it because we have to as comedians. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I have to promote the show, and I want to tell people what's going on in my career. And I I use it to you know, keep in touch with kids that I grew up with. And you know, but it, it's everybody feels like they have a voice now. And no, and a lot of people not should. everyone needs one, not yeah. everyone needs a voice. Yeah. We, a lot of people need to shut the fuck up, stop posting what what you feel, you know, or. And I'm not saying, you know, showing pictures of your babies is, is wrong. No, God, no. Do that. Show the world that. But it's like mm-hmm. people really feel like their 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 Facebook posts are being taken seriously. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, like blogs and things like that, like it's scary that anyone can have a blog. But yeah. some of them, you know, are fucking important. Like, you know, like they're doing the right thing or they're mm-hmm. just putting the reviewing stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. Well, you, you wouldn't be referencing the laughfun.com. I'm just saying, well, listen, you guys no, like us. You guys, you guys like us. So I'm just kidding. So I'm kidding. on. Is is good. Like, your is perfect, dude. No, but we know what you're saying. Like it's it's uh, you, you know it's it's an outlet for those that can't get through 
by conventional means that are yeah. really good at. And I do think I do think cream rises to the top, and eventually, sure. and eventually, the the general public will tell you if they like what's going on or not. Some blogs disappear, yeah. and some kind of become a pitchfork. Great example. That website's been around for twenty years. It started a guy just like I'm a fan of music. Started writing about it, and at some point, somewhere, it became the the industry standard. Bill Simmons, Grantland, one hundred percent. I mean, that yeah. guy. He just he just wrote articles. Yeah, and next and he know, just he he's like I want I want to hire people that whose voice I let I like yeah. whose voice I trust and he kind of developed this incredible thing. And I love and I, ESPN I used, properly shut it down. Used, yeah, well, but he because he got opinionated. Yeah, and he started yeah. saying what was too real. And ESPN, regardless of them being the sports network, they are a business. Oh, everything 100%. is a business. Everything. Yeah. You know, when there's money, man, behind ESPN and. Uh, a little so bit. When yeah, you really start, yeah, when you totally. really start opening up and saying how you feel, like it scares people, yeah. and they cut it off. So, but I, I remember reading his articles when he was just the sports guy yeah. on ESPN, and I mean, his he wrote the best articles, and he the way he always reference pop culture, yeah, and it yeah. was great. And uh, but he built an empire, and he was you know he was a he was a writer, and he was hired as a staff writer, but. It's he took on and found other people that weren't mm-hmm. staff writers and made them staff writers on yeah. Grantland. I mean, some people it's you you respect their 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 voice and I, I respect people's comedians. Just like any comic, any person that can grab a mic and say I'm a comic yeah. can go on stage and just rant about the government or mm-hmm. women or rape or whatever topic they want to talk about, whether it's right or it's wrong. It's not saying that they should though. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of comedians that you're like when we first start out, I remember we're like, all right, well, how much longer is this guy going to be around taking, you know, five minutes away from the open mic list? You mm-hmm. know, like, and it's sad, but those people drop off and the real, like you said, the cream rises to the yeah. top. Um, uh, but it's, it, it's, it, it's tough in, in this day and age with, with social media. I mean, Every girl thinks they're a model because of Instagram. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's not fair. It's not fair that these girls, like, dude, like, I I could post a picture of, like, me releasing, like, refugees from a POW camp on Instagram, and I'll get, like, four likes. Yeah, the nudes pop up. And and just a butt cheek shot gets 12,000. There's some side boob. Yeah. Book deal. Yeah. I don't have a problem with people sharing on social media. I have a problem when people, they live or die by how many likes they have. Because that, I think, just kind of generates a negative mentality well, it's a, you know it's an official you, disease in japan now well like, that's really? a condition yeah like yeah but people, like you seek but there was there was a there was a woman uh, very recently she got like she was a model and she got like 14 likes on a photo and like had a meltdown it's like you get your value by what everyone else assumes you are mm-hmm. like that that's where it's trouble to me it's like you need to kind of do things to kind of develop your own self-esteem and your sure. own ego and all that kind of sure. stuff and i think it's really especially a developmental years of kids and it's like well i'm no good because this photo didn't get nearly as many likes this other sure. one. That's when I. That's where I think the true problem it's is. Scary. Right. It's weird, yeah. man. It's really is that weird. like? And then you know, like we. I have nieces, and these nieces are eventually going to be on social media, and it's like that's terrifying to me because I don't want them thinking that their value is less than it, what it actually is because no. of the amount of likes. It's kind of new currency, and, unfortunately. Yeah, 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 I mean, mm-hmm. it's we're in too deep now, man. It's too late for that. Well, that's and that's yeah. and that's what. But I think it's also on their parents to teach them. Sure. Like you have value, you have worth. And this doesn't matter in certain. Instances. And I think that that's kind of like. A lot of the people that you were talking about, like Carlin, and yeah. and I mean, would would they have, like, what would yeah, what would they do? Would I they would, how would they react to yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. The musicians, like, would some of those bands that, like, you know, you didn't have the internet back then, so you didn't really get to see what they looked like unless you picked up a magazine, or you know, would they have really become famous? Everyone or? in the '60s was ugly as shit. Oh, dude, play the, the, the fuck Beatles out are disgusting, yeah. like, <laughs> disgusting looking. You know, the, the whole mystery and, and aura of like a rock and roll band, or what are they doing? No one knows. Now, now you know. Now yeah. you know everything that everybody's doing. That's right? true so, too. But like, you so know, there's, there's a mystery there. But there's yeah. still some Agreed. people who are 
are just not all on social media. Like you mentioned, Radiohead. I don't think Radiohead has a, has a huge social media presence. No, not I could at be all. wrong about no, that. They don't need but then one, you also yeah. look, look at like big like uh, the first ones that popped in my head are like the big time female comics, like you, Melissa McCarthy, Amy Poehler, Tina Fey. They have almost no social footprint. They don't. They're not yeah, on Twitter. Shit. They're not. I mean, they don't. But it, but again, Tig doesn't but again, do it. She lets yeah. other people do it, and it's I respect like, that. I mean, I tweet maybe. Like I'm not a I'm not a straight up joke writer and 140 or 160 characters yeah. is not enough for me to sometimes get out of thought, you mm-hmm. know. And so I've tried it and I was like, ah, it just doesn't work for me and and with with Instagram, I literally everything I post about is just either the wizards or uh, <laughs> or pictures of the show. Yeah, like, yeah that's yeah. it because John that's Wall what I stood here once. No, I, 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 I <laughs> dude, I posted I posted the other day cuz I watched I just bought the NBA package Moses um, Malone shot a free throw here. <laughs> Good call on the Moses Malone. Probably only in your brain because he passed away recently, though. So I don't think you'd be thinking of Moses Malone if he wasn't in the news. 1979, man. Mr. Okay, he was good. Okay, he was good. Okay, I'm, that's my bad. Um, he was a sixer for a while, wasn't he? He was a sixer. Yeah, he was yeah. great, one of the best players that ever lived. Yep, he really was. Lived. One of the best big men And, you know, ever he was the first one ever straight out of high school to the NBA. Was he? Uh, well, Wilt... Will Chamberlain played in a. He played in. I think he played for the Harlem Globetrotters out of yeah. high school, but he he yeah. didn't go to college. He didn't go straight yeah, to. Cause, yeah, because then you had uh, well Kobe. Obviously, it was Moses then, Malone, yeah. And then you had yeah. Sean Kemp, but he was after all them. But right? it, yeah, but yeah. it really blew up in the NBA. I don't know why I'm, I know NBA stuff now. Like, good, be, that's dope. Yeah, it's though. good. I it's a good. I'm a big fan. I'm it's big my fan. favorite. I'm not. It's my favorite <laughs> sport because it's so fast paced. Yeah, sure. I mean, I love football, but my team has sucked for. We had a flat. The Red Wait, Skins. you're a Browns fan? No, I'm a Redskins fan. <laughs> I'm even a Browns worse. fan. So I'm, oh, right dude, there no, I'm even worse, man. Uh, the Redskins are just a joke, and they'll always be yeah, a they're joke. Bad. They're pretty bad, right? And, now. Um, and how do you and feel about that name? By the yeah, way, yeah, the name controversy is not what helping. Do you think about it? You think get rid of it? Just fucking it's history. I mean, whatever, it's, move on, or it's, what? It's racist. Of course, it's racist. But I don't think it's supposed to be racist. It's supposed to be. Yeah. I don't think it's intended to be either. No, but it's, just it's just. Yeah. But because it's of bad. Yeah, dude. If you're gonna ban. Uh, Adrian Peterson for a year from for for just doing what parents do, which is yeah. whooping their kids, yeah, you know, yeah. spanking them, and unfortunately it got out, you know. But if you're going to ban these players for beating their wives, and this this name is is getting this much attention, and, yeah. you know, attention, then you got to change it. I don't want it changed because it's it's just. You know it's funny. You ask every Redskins fan, they're all going to say, "Don't change yeah, don't it. Change it's not it, racist." Yeah. And I, I, we all know. Yeah, of course. It needs to be changed. Change it to the Hogs, right? That's sort of the alternate. Uh... No, it's the, 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 the hell to the yeah. Hogs. No, I doesn't yeah. sound right. It's Redskins <laughs> yeah. players, right? But yes, it's racist. I'm sorry. I, I don't want. <laughs> well, it to I mean, be... I think the NFL in general has a lot of problems with like how it handles situations. Like you have, you know, guys beating their wives and killing dogs, and then you have like these racist names. It's just like it's it's a weird identity discipline thing going on. On that they need to kind of figure out. Dude, I, I worked at a strip club for years, yeah. for years, and I've I've had NFL players and NBA players mm-hmm. and baseball players. Oh, and I'm all sure. Come in, and man, they these. Some, I'm not saying some of these guys are bad people. They're not. But you give these guys, you give people millions of dollars, sure. and they're all in you're great shape. A, you're gonna act the fool, and you're and you give them, and they're in great shape, <laughs> yeah. and every woman's offering sex to and them, everyone's saying yes, and yeah. giving them whatever they want. I mean, yeah, of course they're gonna just feel like they have free range to do it. I mean, well, they're also what rock high... stars. Did that's what Led Zeppelin did. Led Zeppelin oh, put yeah. a fucking fish in a woman's pussy, and well, and didn't I, like know, Jimmy Page Seattle. have like a 15 year old sex slave? Yes, that, like, a school and tour or something. Yeah, Wouldn't I mean, you yeah. if you were? No kidding. Like, <laughs> but I've got riding motorcycles down halls. 
yes. 16. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's listen. It's you know that's the here's the funny thing. And this we are going back going back to social media. Yeah. Is that we now know what everybody does. Yeah. We didn't know a ton. Dude, we don't. There's so much. There's no mystery anymore. We didn't know that Fatty Arbuckle. We would never have known if Fatty Arbuckle was in a freaky ass fucking sex parties if a girl didn't die at one of them. You know what I mean? That means imagine how fucking dirty they were in the 20s, man. They're just everybody's fisting each other and just. What if Bob Crane had like a Twitter account? That'd be nuts. Oh my god! Thank you for bringing up that. One of the best lines from any movie is when William Defoe's like, "Oh, it was a group grope." You know, just a group grope. That's your hand on my ass. Yeah, it's a group grope. Big shout out to Maddie Goldberg if you listen to that for for always talking about that line. Group no, but it's, it's, it's name of your next album. I love. Oh, that's great. Group Actually, group it's group. great. I'm gonna say that tonight at, uh, at when we do Gramercy. I'm gonna do say it. group grope. Well, then, actually, Wes, which is great about the songwriting process with the band, like we, I write, I write songs kind of like Nirvana, like yeah. all like power chordy three. I bring like I bring a catchy chorus, mm-hmm. and then we write the song after that. Yeah. So I will write a song called I, Group Grope. We yeah. are, we were gonna ask you we to break down. I eat, I poop, I eat, I poop, I eat, very, I poop. It's very very important song when we saw. <laughs> I have a life. horrible. I eat, okay, I poop. so there's so here I'll give you some of the names of the songs, <laughs> an idea of where we're at in my life. Uh, the first one we ever wrote together was AutoZone Fuck Slut, okay. which is just about the Mexican women that work at the AutoZones okay. in L.A. Okay. Um, <laughs> then we have this other song called Two Jugs of Piss that we've only played once, which was about... Because I lived in an apartment that was... Um, that was uh, I, it was it were there were three bedrooms and then a living room that they turned they built walls into they, mm-hmm. they, they turned they made like it was supposed to be you know like two entrances but they built a wall yeah. and they turned it into a room and I moved in there but it, the only way I could get to the bathroom was by going through my roommate's room mm-hmm. and I it was very the one I could, who was like a sociopath who's still one of my best friends would be like you cannot walk through my room there's no fucking way I'm letting you the other mm-hmm. one was like you can walk through my room but I just hated doing it because he'd wake up and he'd give me a boatload shit in the middle of the night yeah. so I started peeing in these jugs of like milk jugs in my room and I'd hide them and so I then wrote the song Two Jugs of Piss dude we've had fire trucks now yeah now. fire trucks we got someone at somebody's the at the door um, yeah, yeah, then we have uh, then we have uh, Gray Pubic Hairs which is self-explanatory <laughs> which is about getting older it's our yeah. you know it's our long and winding road gotcha um, then we have a Dick Pill which is about uh, getting older and, and you know needing performance enhancing drugs for to maintain an erection okay and we have a new one matzo ball soup uh which is about my mom it's really just matzo balls but <laughs> it's really good and we wrote that like in three seconds we have how many things can i put in my butt tonight <laughs> um then we have um which is the which is the aida poopa yeah which poopa. which yeah. i here's what happened was i the song came out of I, I don't know what it is. Either I have a fast metabolism or mm-hmm. it's just getting older or I have like a bad something. I have acid reflux, but I swear to God, it's like I eat and I immediately poop. And, and which, then, were the, which were the lines? Which were the lines? Yeah. It's just I eat, I poop. But it just comes into I eat, I poop, I eat, I poop, I it eat, was, I poop, I eat. It's catchy as shit. We were singing it for yeah, days afterwards. We, yeah. we, oh, man, dude. <laughs> The next three weeks, just every yeah. single time we were having, we sit next to each other in the office, yeah. just 
just we're singing it, man. It was yeah. like Thank we, you. we yeah, couldn't yeah. stop singing. Everyone it. was looking at us like we were crazy, but we yeah. were singing the song. Yeah. It's it's what's what we're trying to do now is we want to record an album, okay, and start shooting. You know, just we want to get me, Josh Adam Myers, and the goddamn band out there, and because there's the, it's people love the songs, and a lot yeah. of the songs we play once and then we never play them again because mm-hmm. we always keep writing new stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll get requests. We we played AutoZone fucks a lot a bunch because it's such a catchy and it's such a good rock song gotta get a video made man but that's yeah. what i'm saying yeah, yeah. and we but we we're, we're not but here's the same thing is we're not doing it we don't want to do it just so we get like all right this is what's going to blow us up we just want to do it because it'll be fun yeah and, and really document you know god forbid i mean and, and you know in this world anything can happen somebody yeah. could you know we get a huge fight and never talk to each other or or whatever somebody could pass away suddenly so mm-hmm. i'd like to document a lot of these songs and we used to record every jam um and and then it just became too much of a production and the guy that was doing it was doing such a bad job of getting the videos out and getting the songs edited that I was like you know what just get rid of it it's it's causing a problem at the theater the theater is getting upset that it's that it's that there's five extra people yeah. we're selling out to capacity it's like we're we're losing money mm-hmm. so forget about it we'll just you know if somebody really wants their set and song recorded we'll get somebody to record that but we're not recording the whole show and now we thought we needed it for promotion but once we got a good reel together and everything it's like we're done so we used to have all the songs documented, but Eat Up Poopa, <laughs> I mean, it's like, I wrote it. It's and, in and our heads and that's it? I Is wrote that what it you're saying? Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I have the lyrics all written down. Okay. Uh, I, I, we, I write songs in like three seconds. Like I wrote that song in three seconds. Like I literally, I just. Catchy hook, man. Like, Some of the best songs are written that quick. You though. start with a hook and then you work and then, because I never, the songs never, like if you notice, like I write. I, I write like almost jingles with mm-hmm. layers on them and movements. Okay, like they're yeah. just, you start with a catchy hook and then you work back into the verse and the verse is just, how can I make this somewhat funny, mm-hmm. you know, just to get to this great chorus. And, yeah. you know, and a lot of times what we'll do is I'll just start playing chords and then I'll come up with the chorus and then I'll just, we'll set the recorder on and we'll play the song for 20 minutes and I'll just riff. Cause I, I I'm not, I'm really good at the, like, making up lyrics on the spot uh, when it's just us. And so we'll record and we'll get the best passages and mm-hmm. I'll make the lyrics out of that. That's how we did. Do we wrote dick pills uh, in one taping. The first time we did it, mm-hmm. I said every lyric I said was perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, I only had to bring in, I bring in like, I bring in my friend David Angelo or uh, Byron Bowers to kind of tweak. Okay. Sometimes I go, hey, read these, hear the song and yeah. just tell me if you think I can, what I can do to make this a little bit. You always ask for help and, and they, they bump it up just a little but um it's we've been really lucky, dude. It's this we get. It's like this. There's a. <laughs> you ever seen the, the documentary Dig? Yeah. Oh sure. Yeah. Yeah. You, remember, you yeah. remember lead singer the Danny Warhols was mm-hmm. such an arrogant piece yes, of shit. 100%. I always say this to kid around. I go because he, he's the best line ever. He goes, "I sneeze and hits come out." Yes, he did say that. That's what I do, man. I sneeze. Court, and comedy Taylor, hits. Ta- Taylor. Yeah, like he's such thing? a yeah, douchebag. Yeah. He's such because he had he was like one of the producers of that. So yeah, yeah. that's why he made the Danny Warhols look so great. Yeah, sure. such a great documentary it is of good uh, if you've never seen it audience please go out Dig, and watch yes. it because yeah. Brian Jonestown Massacre is an incredibly yeah. fucked up and yet talented brilliant band. Is, I, why do I feel like there's Maxwell's footage in that is I there it's possible Brian Jonestown Massacre and the Danny Warhols at the same time and also Brian Jonestown Massacre one of their guitars eventually uh, formed Black Rebel Motorcycle Club right, one of my right. favorite bands of all great, time yeah. Black great Rebel band. Motorcycle Club is hands down one of those it's like great like sex crunch rock mm-hmm. I just fucking love BRMC yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
but yes, love to dig. And, and that's kind of like, like when I wrote music a long time ago, that it was, it was the same theory, man. It was just find the chorus and then mm-hmm. work our way into it. And, uh, I write songs very simple. Like the band, it's always three or four chords, uh, and then we'll always do that, and then we'll have like a breakdown. Dude, this is the greatest place to record. <laughs> I hope this audience can hear what's can going on. Can I tell on. you something, Josh? When I go home and visit my parents, like in Ohio, it's like dead silence. Yeah. I have to bring I have to bring recordings of this shit in order to fall asleep. <laughs> like oh, at night. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. dude, I live it's in a... Little Armenia in Hollywood. Yeah. There's there's constantly fel- helicopters and, yeah. and deaths and <laughs> fire engines and and you know neighbors. Shows screaming. there's life. Yeah, sure. I, I, well, I grew up, you know, I grew up in right outside of D.C., which was kind of like a suburb of D.C. And then I moved to Baltimore halfway into my life, and and it's an interesting I love, town, man. Baltimore. I Baltimore. Yeah, I'm, I really was hoping we'd get Baltimore on this tour, but because mm-hmm. um, there's so many great rock clubs there. But but I'm very happy with the Black Cat. But um, were you pissed when uh, Baltimore got blown up in Some of All Fears, or were you like, oh, probably? <laughs> no, it was. I was like, oh, you know, it was better than just them showing drugs being sold and yeah. people being killed. They left it to the wire. Yeah, left, left that's the a wire. wire. You got um, John Waters from Baltimore. Yeah. It's an interesting yeah. place, it's man. Very, it's Charm City, man. Yeah. yeah. There's so good much town, cool, beautiful things there. Great baseball stadium. Great ba- yeah. I, one of the best ballparks. Every ballpark since then has is imitated it. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Every absolutely. single one has imitated Camden Yards. Uh, it's a great town. I'm telling you, man. Like people shit on it, and you can shit on you know Detroit. I've never really been in Detroit, so I can't say. But you know, it's a rough city, Baltimore. Mm-hmm. But man, is there like great people and a great yeah. community, and they stick together. I had a, there was a comedian. I don't know if you remember him. His name's Justin Schlegel. Uh, he got mm-hmm. Montreal like in 2011 or 2012, but he went by Justin Ian Daniels when he lived in LA. Okay. I think he might have lived here in New York, mm-hmm. and he did radio DJing in in Baltimore for a minute and then he was a comic and he and he moved to LA to try to make it after Montreal and then he got offered like the drive time on 98 Rock in Baltimore and he was like you know what fuck this I'm moving back to Baltimore oh, wow. and he moved back <clears throat> and now he's the biggest celebrity in Baltimore wow. and I'm like that would be the shit he's not yeah. maybe he's not known around the world but wouldn't, Who cares? Yeah, wouldn't yeah. it be cool to be the big fish in a small yeah, pond or be a small fish in a big pond because that's what a lot of us are out mm-hmm. in these towns yeah. where you know unless you're that unless you're Kevin Hart or Bill Burr or Louis C.K. you know or or Tom Sizemore, Tom Sizemore. That was the worst <laughs> one I could have said. I was trying to say Tom Hardy, but it came out Tom Sizemore. Hey, don't discredit Sizemore. He earned it. He did. He, did. he was great in Saving Private Ryan. He's great in everything he did. Even the shitty movies he was great in. He was great in Celebrity Rehab, for Christ's yeah, sake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is... Sizemore, is that, shout out. But I meant Tom Hardy. It just came out as Sizemore. But it's just, it's tough, man. So he moved back to his hometown, and, and well, now he's... owning he's, it. He's, yeah, and he's cool. the king of Baltimore, and, yeah. and I respect respect that because it's a beautiful city all right well unfortunately we got to wrap things up uh, i feel like we could talk to you forever man and, it was fun. and, and uh, next time you're back in new york or we're out in la well you know are you coming we'll tomorrow night? we're coming yeah, tomorrow, we'll night. Be tomorrow we'll be night perfect yep. so tomorrow night it sounds like it's a stacked lineup can you reveal it's yeah of course okay. it's yeah. um we've got this bill. will come out afterwards so yeah yeah, yeah. So the, the, the show the show it. was uh it's it's bill burr hannibal burris mm-hmm. big j ogerson mateo lane and eliza schlesinger i've literally heard of every one of those comics yeah they're yeah. all they're <laughs> all they're you've they're got amazing you've got i think yeah. i think not just not just big comics but uh all people that have either done the jam before mm-hmm. that we yeah. we know are gonna blow people away um but it's 
This, I mean, well, here's the deal. It's regardless if we've done it or not, yeah. doing it in front of 600 people compared to 150, 200, which is what we fit into the lyric, is going to really be into This is going to be a real rock show. I mean, because we cleared the so seats out. Awesome. And uh, it's going to so be crazy. Awesome. I'm going to be able to really stage dive where I'm going to be able to jump into people, not get them together <laughs> yeah, yeah, and jump yeah, yeah, into yeah. Right, right. Uh, I'm, organize I'm, it. I'm stage diving. I'm crowd surfing. It's going to be wild, man. It's going to be a tight show. And we got the best, I think the best spot in all of the New York Comedy Festival, Gramercy, 10.30 p.m. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I've never been more excited for a show in my life. Is there anyone that hasn't done the show yet that you're like, it's like, you know, need to have them do the goddamn comedy? Sarah thing? Silverman. Really? 100%. I so, want her so bad because yeah. um, I think she's one of the most talented comedians she's working and she's please. so likable. Yeah, Can't she's, already, she's she's And also one of the sweetest people <laughs> yeah, that will respond is. back yeah. to you. She, We've gone back and forth on email. I've, I'm going to tell you I've got her locked down for an upcoming month in All LA. Right. Oh, uh, thank yeah. God. Uh, but because the date will fly out there. It, it'll, it's Right now it's December 14th. Okay. Uh, and But she said, she goes, Josh, you know, it's in my calendar, but I can't guarantee it. Mm-hmm. But she goes, if it works out, it works out. But regardless, I've got... Um, I've got Burt Kreischer on it as okay. well. Who and we've he's, got he's awesome, we've got man. a couple others uh, that are. It's going to be. They're all great shows. Okay. So it doesn't make a difference if we have her or not. But I want her. Uh, but the other people that I tried to get that I couldn't get were like I wanted. You know, Dan St. Germain and Sean Patton, like guys that I really just yeah, think are hysterical. Are and and they when they finally did it, it was it was perfect. Yeah. Sean Patton, hands down, has had one of the best performances. He did. Um, he did fucking Cypress Hills Insane in the Brain. <laughs> and, but I played the Send Dog. So oh, nice. And, yes. and we, it was one of the best experiences. The crowd went so apeshit. We turned it kind of into a quasi-rock song. So it's always great. Like, everybody that I've tried to get that I've been excited about and been hard to book to lock down, when they finally do it, they always come through. That's great. It was yeah, I was going to say, are you turning people away at oh, this of point? Like, because yeah. comics well, are coming not, to you. They want to be a part of it, you know? It's, it's, we do it once a month, so it's not, it's not easy to book it. I, right. I, I don't want to overload it. The most mm-hmm. comics I'll ever put on is five and the only way I'll do five is if it's like huge huge names yeah. that they suddenly became available it's like <laughs> the key to a comedy show is is keep it short sweet and then wanting more yeah always kill and get out man yeah. that's the golden rule dude. kill and get out kill and, and get out we we I mean we're already a longer show you know we usually go an hour 45 to two hours at least sometimes we've done two and a half hours mm-hmm. but luckily because there's the comedy and the music they don't get bored yeah and, yeah. and it stay the energy stays up and I work my ass off to make sure that so we're it's going to be a tight show on on Friday night we're going to move it everybody's going to get their taste everybody's going to be able to rock and um I'm, I can't, can't wait to see wait, you guys there. Man. Awesome. can't wait yes it's going to be fun we're so pumped thank well you. congratulations on all the success so thank far thank you very much uh, both in the comedy worlds and music worlds thank man, you very you know, much and yeah. now that they're combined you know it's doubly as good so uh, permanent erection I have in my life right? <laughs> I have a permanent boner it is we're Matt and I are at least two feet away from him right now so it's, <laughs> it's uh, yeah <laughs> but uh thanks for coming by man we really appreciate the time and, and we'll see you next time around right? how can people thank find you at Josh Adam Meyer uh, basically on all social media it's just joshadammyers.com and at joshadammyers and look up the goddamn comedy jam which is at the GD comedy jam on Instagram and Twitter and uh, expect some big things from it in 2016 it's gonna be great it's gonna be everywhere sweet more tattoos coming more tattoos <laughs> alright that was Josh Adam Myers right here on the Laugh Button podcast thanks again to him what an awesome dude too by the way he yeah, uh 
later that night because we did tape this interview a while ago. Um, yeah, when the goddamn Comedy Jam was in town. Yeah, they were at Gramercy Theater, and he gave us a huge shout out on stage, yeah, which was, was awesome. very cool of him because we we brought up uh, AutoZone Butt Slut. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, before they performed that song live, he uh, yeah he goes, "This one's out for the laugh button." Yeah, this one's out there for. Hey, this one's out there for the laugh button, man. Uh, it was it was really uh, cool because we were talking about what song he should perform. Yeah, I, I, and then. Uh, and then off, and then we also the conversation continued off of uh, off of Mike, and then uh, yeah, we got the dedication. It was really pretty cool. cool, man. Dude, that that was a great show. It was a great show. It was a great night. It was his birthday. Yeah, and uh, and a killer lineup, man. Hannibal, Hannibal Burris, Burris, Eliza Schlesinger, Schlesinger, Big J. Okerson, Mateo Lane. Yep, Mateo Lane was, was there. It was baller, man. Uh, Bill Burr, right? Bill Burr. It's pretty cool. So it was a good night. Good night for everyone. So yep. we we're we we're psyched to have Josh. So thanks, Josh. Yep, thank you very much, Josh. Everyone, head to laughbutton.com. We got a merch store there with uh, some new t-shirt designs yes. and some even newer t-shirt designs coming very soon. We're yes. stoked for that. And uh, obviously, follow us on the socials at the Laugh Button. You can follow him at I am Kleinschmidt. I don't know why it's always difficult for me to say. At I am Kleinschmidt. I am Kleinschmidt. I am at Mark Says Hi. And uh, like us on Facebook. Sign up for our newsletter. Yeah, we're gonna give a, we're giving away some exclusive stuff through the newsletter. So yeah, it's gonna be pretty cool. If you haven't signed cool. up for our newsletter yet, that is a we reason. We can tease why. some giveaways. We have a whole bunch of autograph stuff autograph from stuff. some of the Laugh Button Live shows we've done, mm-hmm. uh, including autographs from Bill Burr and Big J Okerson. Some exclusive content. Yeah, some exclusive content, and also I think I'm gonna have a copy or two of Brian Regan's live on Comedy Central special. There you go to give away as well. So. In order to get that info, you gotta sign up for the Laugh Button newsletter. So do yourself a solid. All right, Matt, until next time.